Let's, let's fucking... We're back. Let's get it. Oh, hey guys. Welcome back to the, the Switched Up Podcast, episode 27. Uh, and, I, I did not fact check that. Colby just said it was episode 27 right before we were recording, so I decided to trust him. It's because it is. It is episode 27. Okay. Just, just saying. Uh, but yes, it is. We are back. Uh, and man, we're it, sad. Sad. <laughs> um, I'm sad because, well, two things. Um, I just spent two hours doing math homework, so that sucks. Jesus. I have two exams this week. One in math, one in world history, and I went to the I went to the um, university like medical center because like the inside of my eyes have been really red for like two weeks, and they're like, yes, because of the air, like we'll give you some. They're irritated, so they're, they're a little itchy, and we'll give you some pills. Tyler, they they gave me this container. You, they can't see it, but they gave me this container here. There are five fucking pills in here. <laughs> How many do you have to take a day? One, so I'm gonna be healthy for a total of five fucking <laughs> days. One, one school week. <laughs> Not even. Did you have to pay for those? No, they're free. But I'm gonna, I, I've decided that I'm now gonna take all of them at once. That is surprising. That they were yeah. that that shit was free. I imagine that that would be just another yeah money making college scheme. But hey, yeah, I pull out two cotton balls and what do I see? Five <laughs> pills. <laughs> five pills. <laughs> What about you? Right. Why, why, why are you sad? See you in a week. Uh, I am sad because I just took an exam not like two hours ago. Oh, boy. And uh, didn't do so hot. Did you fail it? <laughs> I did not. I know. I don't think I failed it. Mm. Uh, but but the highest score, I calculated this, the highest score that I can get on this is uh, is an 80. That's a B in college, so that's good. That, that's 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 not too bad, and I already have some cushioning because of some previous projects. But Dude, still, eighty in high school is like a C, C minus. This is ridiculous. Like B's get get degrees. Uh, so do D's, C's, and A's. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know about D's and C's, but A, A, you, <laughs> you you roll with what you got, my friend. So. All right, Some... we're gonna get into we're gonna get into gaming, and as you guys know, this this podcast favorite game got some DLC last week. Um, oh, we've already yes, beat it. it. We've already beat it, and we've all we are currently through going through playthroughs with the DLC characters included, and yes. we're gonna we're gonna get to all that. But first, we have some news and other not much news, but other news in other categories. Um. Pokemon, Pokemon Home is out. Ah, yes, Pokemon Home did come out. Um, that's been out for a little bit, actually. It has. Uh, I think I think it came out the day we released last week's podcast. So we yeah, it, about it did. I saw you using it. I'm like, why the hell is he playing Shield? Fire on the DLC <laughs> house. I'm like, oh, he's in Pokemon Home. I'm like, okay, I understand. Yeah. Um, Pokemon Home is out. Uh, I have the free version currently. Um, there's a, and there's I, a pay, there's a paid version. Oh yeah, no. Free version gets you jack shit. <laughs> oh, like you can't like like the free version gets you a single box and the paid version gets you 30. What the f- Okay. The paid version 
get in the free version you cannot wonder trade you cannot go on the global trading uh center uh you cannot bring pokemon up from previous generations in the in the in the free version some money grabs what the hell yeah no it's a it's a subscription service unbelievable but that's okay because honestly the only thing i want to do the best feature in pokemon home by far is that you can release entire boxes of pokemon at once okay okay so now i can finally go shiny like try to breed for shiny pokemon again there you go instead of spending literally half the time hatching eggs just releasing the damn things from the box okay deleting their data from existence that that takes up most of the time but now you can just be like okay transfer over to pokemon home delete the entire box and start again Mm. so that's what you've been doing so that that is what i've been doing seeing as how i am going to another regional uh competition in about a month now uh I need to get my team ready, and I figured I might as well. And I, so I've been breeding a lot, so it's it's been helping in that regards. But yeah, so I was looking on. I was looking. I was just looking for some news that we can talk about before we get into Fire Emblem. And I saw Pokemon Home. Like oh, Tyler has been on, and I've seen. So we'll, yeah, but we'll I I don't have it. the full ex, I don't have the full experience since you know I will not pay for that. So no, and I guess. Um, that wasn't the biggest news that came out this week, though, in Pokemon. There was... Oh, yes, of course. We talked about it last week. A mythical Pokemon is coming to Sword and Shield at, uh, I think, the 27th of February. They actually released the silhouette of said Pokemon. It looks freaky. <laughs> it looks almost like... It gives me Incineroar vibes, just the way it looks. Some There have been a lot of, like, people trying to, like, fill in the silhouette what they think it'll look like. There's been a lot of fan art. Someone made a really just fucking gross jinx out of it. No, the best one I saw was it had a it had a Monferno tail, a polytoed legs, like <laughs> it just had a mix of everything. Um, someone I saw someone call it a, a chonky Alakazam. <laughs> oh yes, that that's exactly what I thought when I first saw him. Like that kind of looks like Alakazam. So, yeah. Um, a lengthy I, Alakazam. Um, I'm assuming we'll get this Pokemon for free. It'll be like a mystery gift. So I think it'll be. Yeah, be cool. I, I've heard that it'll be in raids, actually. Okay. Oh, okay. So that's so that'll be interesting. So that's neat. Um, just some quick, just some uh, some other things here, I guess. Before, you know, um, I guess this entire year, I guess, is next gen console watch. Like, there's comfort oh, because yeah, of Sony and Microsoft, true. and uh, it just says here Nintendo doesn't need next gen. They're right. They don't need next gen just yet. Well, um, it's, all, it's true. Okay, um, here's, a new, here's, a, here's a little fun article here from IGN. Um, the most iconic video game weapons. Okay. Do you want to take your crack at number one? See, what constitutes as a weapon? Are we talking guns, swords? like Both, all of it, all of it. Yeah, but like, for instance, would a fire flower be a weapon? I don't think so. All right. Uh, number one. Number one. Cloud's Buster Sword. That's number two. Ah, oh, shit. Damn it! Really? 
I, I'm shocked it's that high. I'm shocked that's the yeah. Buster Short, Final Fantasy VII, number two, nearly mm. six feet long and a foot. That's a giant ass sword. That's <laughs> a big blade right there. But that's a yeah. Number one is it the Keyblade? From... Keyblades five. God damn it! You're all over it. It's, uh, if I tell you, you're just gonna like you're gonna want to end the call. Probably. <laughs> what, is, what is it? What is it? Oh my god! Do you really want me to tell you? Well, I think you're you're gonna tell me anyway. So. so number four is the Mega Buster from Mega Man. Um, that, number he, his whole thing is a weapon. <laughs> number six is the BFG nine thousand from Doom. Number okay. seven is Scorpion Spear from Mortal Kombat. Oh. Um, number eight is a hidden the Hidden Blade from Assassin's Creed. Number nine is the Energy Sword from Halo. Number ten is Gravity Gun from Half Life. And number whoa, one whoa, whoa, is wait a minute, <laughs> wait. The energy sword is that low? Number nine. Uh, what's and up? number one is the master sword. <laughs> I'm a fucking idiot. God damn uh, it, Tyler. He had one job. God, fucking... God damn it. And um, so I, looking at Sword and Shield reminded me that we never checked to see how well it did for sales. Well, I mean, in our experience with how fast or the or uh lack there i cannot fucking dude my brain is fucking eviscerated hey bro, right I'm, now i'm with you i'm with you let me re- let me try that again in our experience with how slowly the Link's awakening uh sales came out i figured that it was just a matter of time that we had to wait out yeah but so do you have I, the numbers? I have it on Wikipedia, the most reliable source out there. Um, <laughs> these were updated um, New Year's Day, so they're actually pretty fresh. Come to think of it, two months ago. <laughs> Number one is and oh. by a lot and by a lot, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, Tyler's favorite you game on the got- Nintendo Switch, at 23 million copies sold. <laughs> put me, just put me out of my fucking misery. Why don't you Mario Kart? <laughs> Smash Bros Ultimate 17.68. Odyssey, 16.59. Breath of the Wild, 16.34. Sword and Shield, 16.06. Whoa. And that is of, yeah. And that, so a month and a half, it sold 16.06 million copies. It is probably going to pass Breath of the Wild if it had, if I had to guess. Look how that boycott turned out for you guys. Which will make me very sad. Um <laughs> And then we drop off a cliff to number six. Um, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee is 11.76 million. What a oh gap my that is. God. Splatoon 2 is at 7, 9.81. Super Mario Party, 9.12. New Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe. We fall off another cliff here. 5.85 million. Jesus. <laughs> Luge's Mansion comes Luge. in at 10 at 5.37 million. Mario oh. Maker 2, which is a disgrace, 5.04 million. Link's Awakening, 4.19. 1 2 Switch, no idea what the hell that is, 3.01. Mario Tennis Aces is at 2.75 million. And rounding out the top 15, Fire Emblem Three Houses, 2.58 million. You, you, really I, do, you really do hate to see it. You do. And Tyler, I don't know how this is possible, but Ultimate Alliance 3 is 29, and it sold over 1 million copies. Wow. So yeah, um, that is quite. Eh, that's not too much of a. That seems about right for that game. But Tyler, this episode is not about 
Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 The Black Order. <laughs> In no, fact, no isn't. episode we will ever do will be about Marvel Alliance Ultimate 3 The Black Order. I think we did do a review on it way early on. A very, like a five-minute review max. That's um, true. <laughs> no, th- today's episode is on a very unique and rare topic for us to talk about, and that is Fire Emblem Three Houses, Mr. Colby. <laughs> Some DLC came out over the past week, um, and we're done with it. So this is a all-spoiler review if you've not played the Fire Emblem DLC. Um, I will put a time code in here that you can skip to. And so yeah, if you do, so if you haven't played it, skip now. To avoid Fire Emblem Three Houses spoilers, skip to one hour, one minute. Again, to avoid spoilers, skip to the one hour and one minute mark. So I'll let you pick. What do you want to talk about first? The characters, the side story, what well, adds I feel to the like, game. I feel like we gotta lay the groundwork. You know, let's, we gotta like let's groundwork go, it out. <laughs> go a little general, kind of show like the the bare basics of this. So I, I guess okay. I'll start. So this DLC, when you install it, it ins- it puts a new option on your on your menu on your main menu where Sothis's little chair is, uh, called side story. So. You, when you click on this side story, uh, it basically fast-forwards you to a certain part of the story. Uh, what's it just after the the sort of the creator has gotten, right? I think... It is right, it is, af- it's right I, after the right of rebirth. It is right after the right of rebirth, and, I th- it's, and Geralt's alive, so it's in between 4 and 9. Yeah, so you and the house leaders uh, find the shape... Oh, it starts off first of all, with sort of like a narrate. Did Gerald narrate this, or was it... No, it was not this Gerald. new character. It was, okay, different, we'll to, it was different narration. We'll get to him in a second. So, starts off with a sort of, like, narration that you've seen throughout the game, but it kind of outlines this, what's called the Rite of Rising, I think. Rite of Rising in the year 185, so we're way before the time yeah, this is place. This is the year the monastery was finished. And apparently, alongside the four saints, which are already uh, sort of plot figures saints, within the yes. game, we uh, now there are also apostles. Yeah, there are these four apostles. And I have them right here: um, Aubin, Chevalier, Noah, and Timothus are the four apostles. They are different from the four saints, which you encounter in the in the main game. Yes. So we have four saints, and now these four apostles. And these four apostles work together with Seros. And I think also the four saints. No, uh, I think it's just no. I don't think so because the, the the rite of rising doesn't involve the saints at all. This doesn't okay. So them. so it was just Saros and these four guys. Yeah. So so Saros. So if you've played Fire Emblem, you know that even though this is like before, this is before um, Rhea kills Nemesis, like yeah. way before. But I think that what we're getting at here is when they so. The Rite of Rising is said to have the power to resurrect someone from the dead. And I think that 
Rhea was trying to bring Sothis back because that's like her whole like thing throughout Fire Emblem, like even way back then. So wait, you, you... didn't Nemesis kill Sothis? Yeah, but uh, I don't know if the time the timeline doesn't add up, but because it said either... the Rite of Rising was to like the story makes it seem like the Rite of Rising was being used way back then to try and rebirth the goddess. To bring yeah, her back to life. It doesn't necessarily tell you why they're doing it, but I think it implies that. Yeah, because, no, because Rhea says it in the side story. She's like, we tried to bring the goddess back because her spirit was omnipotent. And we could do yes, that. Yes, and it so, fails. So you have to, so you have to, we'll get into how you do it, but the Rite of Rising fails and they're unable no, no, to do th- it. This happens after Rhea kills Nemesis, I think. No, it doesn't. It's the year 185. Really? Yes, like 800 years before. Oh, wait, no. No, because, like, the monastery... When, okay, yeah, I think you're right. ...was definitely when constructed did... after Nemesis' death. All right, I'll Google it. You go on about the, okay, go so... on about the narration. Sorry, they, we're getting... Okay, they, okay they fail. They, fa- they fail to bring her, they fail yeah, to bring they her fail, back. They have this thing called the Chalice of Beginnings that they use in this sort of, like, ritual to try and bring the goddess back to life, but it doesn't work. So the four apostles kind of split off all over Fodlin. And then that's that's kind of the end of that. They, they're they just never seen again. So fast forward. We're in the main story timeline now. We are after, sometime after the Sword of the Creator has been uh, obtained by our dear old professor. Oh, okay. Uh, I have it. Saros is killed in Imperial Year 91. So mean, this is... You mean Nemesis is ne- killed? Nemesis, yes. is killed in Imperial Year 91. And this happens... So this is almost 100 years later. They're yeah. trying to bring Sothis back from the dead. And they fail. They, they they're fail. not able to do it. So yeah. Like I said, apostles scatter. And then we kind of fast forward to the present day. Where the three house leaders and dear old Byleth mm-hmm. are chasing down this sort of shady individual. Uh, and they find this sort of passageway... That seems to yes. lead beneath the monastery. And then, you know, they, they talk about, like, oh, should we go down there? Should we pursue? Uh, and then, you know, Hilda, Linhart, and Ash show up. And then the three houses are like, hey, guess what? You're coming on an adventure with us. So Yeah, so for some odd reason, Linhart, Hilda, and Ash are... Are up at like the track of dawn. Yes, it's like... It has to be, like, midnight or after. Okay, fine. Hilda and Ash... Maybe, but fucking Linhart, that dude's got to be dead asleep. <laughs> like, there's no way he's out here right now. But so, whatever. yeah. So, he's the three house leaders well. are like, you're coming with us, and you go down, and you... Then, you, then you're then you introduced to... You're introduced to Yuri, Balthus, Constance, and Happy, who are the four Ashen Wolves, and the, the Ashen people wolves. who... the Like, the main figures of Abyss. Yes. Uh, yeah, so this underground place is called Abyss. This place is essentially sort of a a haven of sorts for those who are rejected by uh, society or the surface dwellers, as they're called, yep. uh, for one reason or another. Uh, for instance, Balthus is being Balthus is Hilda's ha- brother's ha- best friend. Yeah, I have the reasons right here for why they're all there. Okay, so go ahead. I have the game pulled up. I'm looking at their notes right now. Right. Balthus is Balthus owes debts to like a hundred thousand people, so he's yeah. hiding. Um, Constance. I'm not sure why she's there. So her house, her house her, used to be in the Empire House Nouvelle. Her house, she used to have a she. Her House Nouvelle used to be of a nobility status, and yeah. they lost their and they lost their status during the Dagda and Bridges War, which is alluded to in the main story. 
And so she goes to Ferdiad, where she enrolls at the School of Sorcery and graduates from there and enrolls at Garrig Mach, but somehow ends in Abyss. It doesn't tell you why she ends up there. Happy yeah. is just a really sad story. So yeah, Happy's really yeah. Because what's, what's a Fire Emblem DLC without a little bit of blood experiment? Yes, exactly. So she leaves her village, gets kidnapped, and then she's freed eight years later. She's kidnapped for eight years. And then... Then the Knights of Saros discover her, and they imprison her in Abyss. And Yuri was a student at the Academy and got expelled for killing his allies. So, Yeah. So, now, yeah. there are that's reasons. Why the, that That's why reasons. they're all there. Yeah, there are reasons to their reasons, even. But that is the main gist. So. All right, so I just realized that we're doing this spoiler review. So everyone that's listening at this point has already played it or... so Or doesn't care about spoilers. Or, or doesn't care about spoilers. So... I guess now we so I guess instead of like giving a chapter by chapter breakdown. Okay, so we're at the part now where they just met. They they just got into abyss, and from the three house leaders perspective, anyway, it is very clear that throughout this entire story, Claude is like the leader of the three. Yes, Claude is kind of like he's taking a much more active role than the other two, which I think is in part two, Nintendo realizing that Claude. Is is the best just house, leader. the most likable of the three. I mean, you can make a case for Dimitri. Yeah, I but think from this a is person, Claude, this is Claude's show so far. Yeah, so far this is this is kind of Claude's show. He's in the center of the three. He's talking to Yuri. Those two are very. They have some very good dialogue back and forth. Mm, yeah, Yuri's voice They're... actor is fantastic, by the way. Yeah, we'll get we'll get into the characters themselves, but yeah. Anyway, so either way, so you fight. You actually fight against them in Abyss and. If you've played, you you get a full understanding that the DLC difficulty is way harder than the main story. Way harder. They set you all to a certain... They kind of give you set classes and yeah. set weapons, at least at the yeah, start. So, you can buy weapons later. But. So Claude's a Wyvern Rider, Dimitri's a Paladin. They all have two advanced classes, I think, and an intermediate. Yes, I, I believe that's right. Edelgard thinks Fortress Knight and Warrior, those are who, too. They all have the Lord class, obviously, and then even Ash, Linhart, and Hilda, they all have their own classes, too. Along so, with you, you're a sword, Byleth's a sword master. Yeah, Byleth is a sword master when you go down there. So it's a little, it is a little different from your standard thing since you have sort of like preset parameters you have to abide by. But mm-hmm. you know, it it's not like a huge spike, but it's noticeable. Yeah. So yeah, you fight against the Ashen Wolves because no one knows whose motives are what, and then. It's a tough fight. It's a tough opening fight. It is a tough fight, and we will get into something funny that happened in my playthrough in a second. But <laughs> uh, you you eventually do beat them. Uh, they kind of show off all the new classes. These four, there are actually four new classes in the game, which these Warmonk, four, Warmonk is Balthus, Valkyrie is Happy, Dark Flyer is Constance, and Trickster is Yuri. Which are all honestly pretty amazing. Uh, I mean, Valkyrie is pretty standard, but the rest of them are pretty awesome. Valkyrie's just a better dark mage or dark knight. Yeah, and Warmonk no is like a, a, a brawler that can brawler. heal. Yeah, a brawler yeah. that can heal. He, Trickster's kind of Trickster's, Trickster's need, sick. Trickster's, Trickster's like a need, magic sword fighter who has a lot of like. So all four things. of them are like proficient in magic in some way, whether it's healing or black magic. Mm-hmm. White or black magic, yeah. Yeah, that's true. So you fight them, you befriend them once you beat them, and Tyler. What happened in your first playthrough? All right, so here's what happened, fellas. I, um, I was at. Everyone was doing great. We were doing fine until I got to Yuri's room, who was the last mm-hmm. one I needed to beat. Uh, 
and like I sent Edelgard and Claude after him, and he killed he 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 defeated them both. Like he defeated them. I think they even said like, "Up, oh, it's time to retreat," and they went away. So I was like, "Oh my god, this guy like keeps dodging my attacks." So I sent in the professor. I finally got him up there, and, and I finally ended the battle. It took me about three battles down the line to realize this, but Claude and Edelgard were no longer in my roster, like the entire time for the rest of the DLC. So, but they were still talking like they were at the battles. <laughs> they were there. They just wanted no part of the action. So yeah, be careful, because if you lose one of them, I don't know if this ha- I don't know if this happens for like the other characters, since I did have it on classic. But if you at, if you lose the house leaders, you don't get to use them anymore. Okay, so if you lose Dash and Wolves, you lose automatically. Yeah, like if you lose the, if you lose one of the four Ash and Wolves, you just you will lose right immediately. Away. Which in the second battle of the DLC really comes into play. But yes, so we'll get to the second battle. Don't they? I'm not sure. Okay, so thieves like break into abyss and they're throwing. Yeah, there are mercenaries. That's what the Ash and Wolves say that they've been dealing with a bunch of mercenary problems. Like there have been constant raids on the on abyss, and they don't know what these mercenaries want. So I guess we should just. I guess we should talk about abyss. Like abyss is kind of abyss like a mini cool. little hub world. Yeah, it is. It's like a. It's like a mini mini monastery. Very mini yeah. monastery. It has you a marketplace, it has classrooms. Um, the lower floor is confusing as hell. <laughs> it is a little... It can get some getting used to. The monastery definitely did, so it, that's to be expected. But um, there's some there's some quirky new characters. There's the, the Abyss Keeper, who's the counterpart of the Gatekeeper, who always has oh, something yeah. to report. Oh, they had to cash in on that. You know they did. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It, the Gatekeeper is even in some of the supports. It, it's amazing. But It is. Uh, down... In the bar, there's this guy who just keeps talking about how shit the drinks are every single day. Yeah, every um, day, man. There's, there's the old man. It's just an old man. But old man. Typical old man. There's a weird-ass lady standing next to a pagan altar with a bunch of cats. Yeah, it's kind of a funky place, but it's like I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's a cool little place, and I think it, it has a nice feel to it there are wooden barricades all over the place it looks very it definitely sets the mood for the DLC. so there's so there's not much to talk about the second dlc fight or the second fight in the side story you do you, you route them you route these you route the mercenaries there's four rounds of 11 people so it actually it's kind of involves a little bit of thinking i was about to say you're going to be consuming a lot of resources if you're not careful and for some unknown reason and this comes back to this this doesn't have any impact on the story whatsoever the death knight hops in for a smooth three seconds <laughs> in during this fight and you don't you're, you're not you're not supposed to beat him and he doesn't really he even just, come anywhere near no, you no 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 he doesn't do anything and he just dips and then he never comes in again at the side story yeah so he just came in just for no reason oh i forget i forgot so you you talked about how like how the characters had connections. So Claude and Hilda have some connection with Balthus. Hilda more so than Claude. The only reason Balthus knows Claude doesn't know about Balthus, but Balthus knows about Claude because Balthus was instructed by Count Gloucester to get some dirt on Claude because obviously they don't like each other. But yeah, and also Edelgard and Constance. Okay. Edelgard. Okay. So okay. House Nouvelle used to be a nobility house in the Empire, and Constance is talking about it, and then. 
that's like Edelgard's like the key back into her nobility. But I thought there, I don't, I don't know if you, you obviously didn't because Edelgard died for you in the first playthrough. <laughs> but when Edelgard and Constance fight, they're in they're in battle dialogue. Edelgard's like, so you're of Nouvelle. And then she like goes in this long rant about, I'm going to restore the house. And Edelgard's fine. just, ugh. <laughs> yeah, that that's about what their supports are like in my new Black Eagles playthrough. So um, I went Golden Deer first, of course. Well, I, I I still haven't done the eight side with Edelgard route, so I figured now would be the best. Yeah, time. Yeah, now's a good time. All right, did, so did moving you do along. New game plus or no? Yeah, I did new game. Well, did. kind of. I did new game plus, but I didn't like I didn't buff Claude's like bow ability or anything. I wanted to start from the ground up. But oh. the, my, my professor level is like a hundred, and he has all the abilities of a god. So I see. <laughs> but uh, so, anyway, but, um, yeah. So we route the bandits, and then we get introduced to a very important character. Alfric. Yes. Who Alfric is You kind of get the vibe right away is not a good guy. <laughs> something like something's up. He's so basically he's kind of like the administrator, I guess, of he, he's, he oversees of this, this on on the on behalf of the church. And we yes. find out later that he's a cardinal who are like kind of secret mm-hmm. uh secret church people. Um that not even like the Ashen Wolves knew, but Alfred's yeah. kind of like a father to most of the people in Abyss. He, they always so he, so he took them into Abyss himself. Yes, he's actually the one who set up Abyss. What was it, fifteen mm-hmm. years ago? Twenty, fifteen or twenty, one of the two. It's something around there, but he he was the one who originally set up Abyss and kind of oversaw yeah. everything. And you come to learn in his in the first interaction with with you the with with Byleth that. He actually knows your parents. Oh, does he ever? That he he kind of grew up, I guess, or he was enrolled in the monastery with both Geralt and uh, Citri and, and Byla's mother, who is finally given a name, Citri. Mm-hmm. And and you you can talk to him about it, and he says like, if you ever want to know more about your parents, please talk to me. I'd love to. Which you never actually go physically talk to him. You are thrown into a cutscene right away where you are talking to him about your parents. Yeah, you you kind of just. It's talk. a long cut. It's a long. It's a long dialogue sequence it, too. It is a lot of information, but so then this Alfred is where Byleth's mother gets revealed. So. Yeah, he kind of confesses that he was like really good friends with his mom, and when like her passing was unexpected, and it like kind of kind of took him a bit to get over it. And then he kind he's kind he was kind of jealous of Gerald too, because like. No, because he, he says, like, nobody made her smile the way Gerald did when she was yeah. talking about, like, his tales. Yeah, because she did, because he did say that she had trouble expressing her emotions, which obviously oh, is just like Byleth because the family. of the crest stone that was within her before it was within Byleth. Yeah, so now, for some reason, so Alfred brings up the Rite of Rising, and that inspires the Ashen Wolves and the professor and his yeah, students to go after the chalice of they're trying beginnings. to figure out why the mercenaries are attacking abyss and alfred brings up the legend of the chalice of beginnings which is said to lie even beneath like beneath abyss like even further underground so the ashen wolves are like hey maybe if we go find this thing we can stop the mercenaries from coming in and terrorizing the place and when and before you get into the battle we are introduced to a very important character. Who would that be? Depressed Constance. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so yeah, you go 
down, and you end up kind of in the valley underneath that huge bridge. Above the, like, um, connecting going the to the cathedral to the entrance hall. Yeah. Yeah, so you are underneath that enormous bridge. But apparently, whenever Constance experiences sunlight, it just she becomes someone whose self-esteem is even worse than Marianne's. It's bad, dude. Very bad. It even, like, affects her, like, in battle. Like, her her, her um, dialogue changes in yeah, battle. Her, her, like, face changes and her battle yeah. quotes change. Yeah, like, yeah, her face gets that all That also sad. happens in the main story, too, whenever you're out in the open. Yeah, it's pretty wild how attention to detail they made that. But, yeah, you've basically... So, the... Is it the goddess has, like, these golems, like... Yeah, there's, there's like, like... There's, like, a spell. There's phantom yeah. shoulder shoulders there are these phantom soldiers and yeah. these golems uh that are protecting the uh the chalice which is kind of like in this wall like in the stone wall protected by these like four crest uh, markings mm-hmm. um and this battle was actually another uh representation of how more difficult this dlc is this battle was a doozy but uh we got through it, it like don't uh, don't be surprised when some of your battles take long, like like twelve turns to finish. Yeah, it's it's meant to be like fifteen or more turns. Yeah, so uh, basically with this battle, you have to kind of get across the battlefield because these golems will continuously spawn until you turn mm-hmm. off these like uh, little pillars in the back. Yeah, the spell lock keys. The spell lock keys, yes, and you have to give like one of your units the key that you get from go. defeating. And so um, it's interesting in the spoilers, and if you're listening to spoilers, you just don't give a fuck about the game. Um, if you're looking, if you're seeing the battlefield from the standard point of view, which is like you are facing towards the enemy, it's the back right one. That's the one that's the key. Because guess who? Because guess what? I unlocked the back left and middle before I unlocked the back right one. And you know what happens? It lowers your movement and your health if you unlock the wrong ones. No, no, no. You have to you have to deactivate all three. Or no, eight, you don't. wait. Oh, no, you, you don't. It's just, just the one. Oh, it's it just is the just one. the one? Oh, I did the exact same thing then. <laughs> it sucks dick. So it, it does. Okay, never so, mind. I thought you, I thought it was just like, oh, you have to deactivate all three. Okay, so you, you win this battle. You get the chalice. You physically have the chalice. Yeah, important thing. Um, it's, it's, it specifically set, like, looks like a seal was broken mm-hmm. on this chalice. And uh, that's when you grab it. And then you have a really unique battle where you have to oh. run away from unique, this. More like AIDS. <laughs> it did kind of suck, especially if you didn't have a door key. But um, yeah, you do. You have to run away. You have a certain amount of turns to get through these gate checkpoints before they close yeah. on you. All the while, enemies are coming out of nowhere, like spawning yeah. right in front of you. And you have to get all of your allies on, like, if you've done Ingrid and Dorothea's paralog you'll see oh, there's like blue blue, there's like blue spots yeah that's that's how you like a quote unquote escape mm-hmm. and then yeah you have to get all your allies on that that takes a little bit and then you find out that good old alfie has been napped good old alf i'm surprised oh yeah because um elfie is what um you um happy calls calls alfric yeah uh his name is not alfard so lucky for you alfarad it did not cha- it did not stay yes. that way did not stay that way but, uh, yes, Alfred has been kidnapped been by the bandits. And the bandits give, like, a ransom letter. They're like, hey, meet us outside of, where was it again? The chapel. The ruined chapel. Oh, yeah, the ruined chapel. That's where you, that's where it's Same battle where Gerald gets yoinked. 
Yeah, that's where Geralt dies later on. But yeah, it's like bring the chalice, and we'll give you back Elfric. And so, set seeing up, as how up, you set really up, don't have so yes, it they obviously know it's a trap, but they don't really have any choice. So they go and they do it, and then Yuri's like, "Hey, watch this drive." Tells Constance to sigh. By the way, oh, whenever not Const- happy, happy. Oh, size. yeah, sorry. Whenever happy sighs, like demonic monsters, come on, not demonic beast, just regular ass monsters show up. Oh yeah, true monsters. Because yeah, it's I, like wolves or worms or whatever. So yeah, so, that, so you so like, okay? Oh, no, impor- important thing that you should keep what? in mind. Before this battle, Yuri meets with the professor and tells the professor to meet that meet Yuri outside the Holy Mausoleum at exactly midnight or after, a day yes. from then. So a, a day from then, yes. Which comes into play now because guess what? And you probably already knew it. Alfred is evil and wants the chalice. Yuri also seems to be evil. Yuri also appears to be evil for a split second. He swipes at the he he takes his sword and like physically swipes the professor, naps the chalice, takes himself and the three other Ashen Wolves with Alfred. To the Holy Mausoleum. Yeah, and so, yeah, you were left to believe that they're actually all evil. But then, uh, when Claude and the rest of them catch up with you, they're like, yo, what happened? And you're like, hey, Yuri actually only pretended to attack me. Like, he didn't actually make contact. So, which leads me to believe that Yuri told the professor at some point what exactly was going to go down. No, because I, I don't think that's true. Because I think they're all, like, coming to this realization at the same time, including the professor. Because that's when they start putting the pieces together. Like, what, you said Yuri told you to meet him at the Holy Mausoleum at 12? So that means he really is on our side. Okay, so there's a plan in place. So he's not actually yeah. on Alfred's side. So, so you then, then find you, out... Oh, God, this, then, is the, this is the what-the-fuck moment. Then you I... switch over to Yuri's point of view, uh, where he's talking to three the, the other three tied up... Uh, and again, actually, which he's giving off the impression that he's actually working with Alfred. Only for a split second, though, because once once they start talking, he's like, dude, shut up. I'm working on it. Yes. He's like, because Balthus is like, oh, you're you're a bitch, Yuri. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, as, yeah, like, so... as, as Constance puts it, like our little Yuri bird was actually a rat. <laughs> yes, man. Happy. Happy's dialogue is fantastic. Anyway, so Alfric comes in and goes on a long ass exposition. He's essentially trying to re uh, redo the right of rise. Uh... Who's and, he trying to? Who's he trying to write of re-rise, Tyler? Well, I. This was the this was the moment of the game where I'm like, oh, oh my, my god. god, yeah. So it pans over to this coffin, and inside the coffin is the body of Byla's mother. And even Yuri is just like, Alfred, that she's really dead. Alfred, <laughs> she is really dead. Like very, very dead. Oh, um, so. Also, Important to remind, important to talk about, um, Alois and Rhea have oh, yeah, true. made contact with the Ashen Wolves right before they went to go find Elfric. They find out their documents were like all like fake. Yeah, they go back and they like look at the because all all four of these guys used to be actual students at the monastery before they went to Abyss. Is that is that true? Yeah, I think that's true. Even I Happy was enrolled. Okay, yeah, you're right. Because, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. Never mind, continue. So, yeah, Rhea's like, go fetch me their document. Because she's, like, suspicious about something. And it turns out, like, all their crests and shit were, like, totally botched. Like, none of it was true. Um, 
And it turns out the four Ashen Wolves are actually the descendants of the, the four, four apostles. apostles. And Alfred brought them all there to Alfred, redo the Rite of Rising. Because how the Rite of Rising works is that you need the blood of the four apostles to fill the chalice. And you find out if it failed the first time because they didn't give enough blood. Yeah, and you also find out that the Rite of Rising does not restore the spirit. It only restores the body. Yes. That's why they only tried to use it for the goddess because her spirit is like omni omnipresent. So it it wouldn't have mattered because her spirit was there anyway. They just needed to revive the body. But if you do it on any other person whose spirit has already left this world, then you'll essentially just get a zombie. But Alfred yeah. doesn't know that. And nope. doesn't care either. So he starts nicking away at their bloods, getting that nice little prick on the finger, except it's not a prick on the finger. They might as well cut an arm off. Because the they are slice of the body. They are they are leaking blood really fast. And, and it's at this point you find out that Yuri is against Alfric and that He's been the, working for the church the entire time. He's been like a double agent. He's been like working under Rhea the entire time, he says. I yes. Guess. And he, he he let Balthus's um like rope they tied by a little bit loose, so Balthus breaks out and then they untie Constance and Happy. I was about to say, and then he because uh, a little detail that I think is really cool. He Constance near Constance and Happy are like, hey, you can untie us too, you know? And he's like, dude, just use your magic. I undid your silence a while ago. <laughs> so he casts silence on them to keep them from breaking out. Yuri, which is, yeah. Which is really we're getting cool. the Yuri, but yeah, he's... But yeah, he's so, like, all right. This, you, it was at this point I did a complete turn on him. Like, he's actually pretty sick. He's like, you know what? You're fucked now, Alfred. You want to know why? Boom, Professor and the gang bust in. And the catch for this battle is... The four Ashen Wolves are poisoned the whole time because the the right while, while this is happening, the right rising is actually occurring. They yeah, got like the blood, the blood is kind of like just flying out of their bodies. I think they want us to believe. Yes, so it's actually occurring, and the gimmick for this battle is you have to win the battle, and it implies you don't have to do this if you just go up and beat Alfred, you win the fight. But yeah. it, it implies that there's like four different there's four spots on the map where like the I guess the blood is being vortexed in, and you have yeah. to cover up that spot with somebody other than an Ashen Wolf to stop the poisoning. Yes, yeah, so you have to put four of your units mm -hmm. on the same, like at the same time, on those spots to stop it. Which I uh, actually, I actually did that. I don't know if you actually did. Yeah, that. no, I did that as well. I didn't have enough vulnerabilities and concoctions to keep them alive for that long. Yeah. So and then so then Alfric Alfric deuces with the body, and it, it fails. So he deuces with the body. Actually, no, he has enough blood. He says right. Yeah, he, he says that he has enough blood and he'll even use some of his own blood if it means bringing her back. Yeah, and, and then he... Oh, yeah, no, it's kind of weird because you, like, you kick his ass and then you and the rest of them are just, like, kind of talking to him. After yeah. the... Just, like, generally talking to him. He's like, Professor, why are you against me? I'm... Yeah, which... I'm trying to bring back your mother. Which I guess was confusing because, like, Bila didn't give a fuck that, like, his mom was getting revived. And, like, he never met his mom, but he still didn't care. Or he or she, I guess, whoever character... I mean, I think he just kind of realized that it was... It's wrong and probably no, I, not going to work yeah do you think he knows that the soul isn't coming back it's just the body i mean i assume i think yeah because i raya yeah, didn't I tell think... him specifically but they, they very well could have told him yeah because he tells what she said i think she told it to aloise mm, yeah what she told like the spirit thing like spirit yeah. turning the body not the spirit thing uh -huh. but i so... imagine that it was probably implied uh for him to do that mm-hmm yeah, but you know, again, he didn't really know his mother that well, and no, didn't know her at all actually. So he doesn't know much about her. Gerald doesn't tell him much, but that's true. But then Alfred kind of gets away. Deuces. For... He actually goes to 
the cathedral. Like yeah. the monastery cathedral. And what and happens here, Tyler? So he performs he, it, he and what happens? Bo- First of all, he reminisces, and we get some really nice art oh, of yeah. young Geralt and young uh, Citri. Yeah. Um, he. It, this is where he says, like, yeah, I was jealous of, of Geralt, but I was willing to, to you deal know, with to it, let it if it made her it. happy. And then he thought that the church killed uh, Citri. Um, Citri. He's not completely wrong, but he isn't. But he just does. He does not know. Well, he is about to know because Raya and know. Them, yeah, Ray and company find him, and he's like, Raya, you you killed her. Like, I will never forgive you. And she's like, she chose to give up her life for her child. I, I was yeah. merely respecting her wishes. Yeah. And then he's like, and then yo, fuck this couch. And then he <laughs> he adds his own blood to the. To the chalice, and then, and then, and then as you impl- bad things happen. Oh yes, important detail to remember. Also, Rhea specifically states that the chalice of beginnings is very similar to a hero's relic, and we all know oh, what yeah. happens when someone who isn't fit to wield a hero's relic wields a hero's relic. They so morph. we get demonic beast, and it consumes both Citri's body and um, Alfred's Alfred's body. Also, another thing. It, a lot of the students were very confused as to how this woman's body, who died decades ago, is still uh, preserved. Is still preserved. Obviously, they don't know that she was one of the goddess's children. It's, it's it's because she's been like frozen in a basement underground for like years, like decades. Well, it's also because she does have the blood of the goddess in her, and that's yeah, because how, of, that's how yeah. Rhea and Flane and Seth don't age. Yeah. But um, yeah. So that was that was another interesting detail that was brought up. But so yeah, that happens. And now we have this huge demonic beast. Um, it had a name, kinda, but I forgot the name. I forget it as well. It it was really freaky looking though, and Very it was freaky looking. And it could spawn phantoms of Alfric, which were only level fifteen, so they weren't hard to fight against. This yeah. fight, this is this is probably one of the easier fights of the of the playthrough. I don't know, like it was for me, it was a little tough. For, for me personally, I thought it was a little tough. The toughest part for me was getting my guys in position to use their gambits to weaken his like shield, but yeah, other than that, it was kind it, of easy. I don't know. Look, maybe you overleveled me or something because it it just destroyed my guys with its attacks. Like <laughs> it just it was just so strong. And also, yeah, so... It's, it's big attack, like you know, it's big like super monster attack covers every tile on yeah, the map. That's that, that's tough. But I actually didn't know what it did until. Because I was able to stop it every time it was about to do it. Because I was so scared when yeah. I saw it. I was like, what? So I had to break its guard. But uh, it finally did it on me. I'm like, well, I guess this is the battle. But then it just kind of does some damage to everybody. And then teleports them around to different random mm-hmm. spots. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay. I guess I have my... Oh, what was amazing is that the professor crit and Yuri crit right after him to end the battle. So. Oh, that's sick. That, that was pretty fun. So, yeah, you beat that fight, and then it's kind of revealed that Yuri works for the church and that all their senses have been, like, uplifted because Yuri killed allies, like we mentioned. So his, like, punishment for that has been washed away. They're all given clean, like, new slates, yeah. and they all go on their separate ways, and that's how it ends. Very nice cover art to end the end the DLC. It's yes. about five hours, six hours, so shorter, uh, than five, we were led hours, to believe. Yeah. shorter than we were led to believe, but still a very nice story. And now that that's out of the way... We can talk about characters. All right, let's talk about characters. Let's start with the let's start with the big man himself, Yuri. So I, 
I thought Yuri was a dick. I'm not wrong. Yuri kind of is a dick, but well, of course he's a dick. He's like he's like a dickish Claude. So yeah, I I wasn't a big fan of Yuri, and then once I once I already said, but once we got to that part of like he's actually a double agent, I'm like, okay, this guy's pretty sick, and like I love his his dialogue, his voice actor's great. Like I think uh, no, he his, does a great the, job with Yuri, especially in the um. Now that I've been playing the main story, the main story with story. the Ashen Wolves, uh, his dialogue is really good. Yeah, like the first place. So like after every chapter, the first place I go to is Abyss to see all the new dialogue. And yeah, of course. Even the supports like yesterday, like his supports with them. I've only done the Ashen Wolves and the Professor, but yeah, he's really good as a character. I love him. Um, his trickster class, you have to you have to level him up a little bit to make him useful, in my opinion. But he is very he's very strong in the main story. Yeah. One of his combat art is, uh, what was it, foul play, where yeah. you can switch his position with the position of someone else in, a like, a radius. But it has to be one of your allies. You can't switch places with, like, an enemy unit. Yeah. But so. it is still super cool. Like, it was really useful to me to, like, get him out of sticky situations or to get someone else out of a sticky situation and put him in their place. Also, it, it just funny. looks really cool. Yeah, it was, it was funny because I was watching Zero's playthrough, and when Yuri first pops on the screen, he's like, wow, that's just a good-looking guy. And... <laughs> Speaking of, he is a new uh, same-sex option for for Fire Emblem marriages because you can you can gay the Yuri. You can gay the Yuri, which is pretty obvious based on how he speaks to the professor. He's very scandalous, even in the very, side story itself. Very. But um, speaking of which, our fears have been wiped away because guess what they have post time skip designs and you can marry him and it's and so, you can oh my marry god them all. it's great it's great <sighs> anyway i just wanted to get that out of the way back to yuri um unless you're done with yuri then we can move on i don't have anything else to say i think he's just really cool and his uh, his, his relic allows you to move again after you're done doing that yeah it's basically like a, if you're attaching the cavalry move again feature to a regular unit and it's really good yeah so i'll let you pick the next character we talk about Let's go. Let's get Balthus out of the way. I think he's the least interesting. There's no so none of these guys we think are bad characters. No, I just think Balth like Balthus is fun. Like he's a funny guy. He's got some good dialogue. He's yeah, a he pun- new brawler, which is fantastic. He, pun- he punches Yuri in the face like after like why didn't you tell us? He's like yeah you <laughs> why didn't you tell us you were supposed yeah to be friends. Balth- yeah Balthus he's fun. Um I don't he use knows, him. He knows Hilda's br- he knows Hilda's brother. Apparently Balthus. he's Hilda's brother's best friend. So yeah, I don't use him in battle. I have I'm doing Golden Deer right now. I actually think I actually think Raph's a better brawler than him. Um, I can definitely see that. Seeing as how I'm playing Black Eagles, it's nice to have a better brawler than Caspar on the yeah, team. Yeah, probably. Um, like I, Caspar is being an adjudicant for the rest of his pathetic life. So. Adjutant, yeah. So adjutant. I use. I never know how to say that word. I use him. I use Balthus as an adjutant to um Hilda because I like their dialogue. Their dialogue yeah, is neat. It's the really dialogue good. with Claude is actually really, really good because his whole thing is he's trying he he knows Claude's background. He knows he's from Elmira and he knows that he knows oh, all he that. Knows. He knows. Oh shit. So he's like, yeah, he's like, he's like, yeah, if you go out there telling people that I'm like alive and have all these debts, I'll go out and tell people like who you really are. And Claude's just like, dude, I don't give a fuck, bro. I'm the heir to House Regan, like, <laughs> bro, I don't give a shit. I already no. got fail not in the back, boy. Yeah, he you does. He's like, he's like, he's like, dude, in five years, I'm gonna be wielding this sweet ass weapon. Like, it's gonna be great. <laughs> but um, no, so I, he's a good character. Just you know, as far as in comparison to the other Ashen Wolves, he's probably the least interesting. Um, in his support conversation with Constance, 
he <laughs> says that he walked he walked away from uh, yeah the, the, the owning a noble to, house in the alliance yeah, to his brother because he knew he wouldn't be good at it yeah he knew it wouldn't it the life wouldn't suit him and then um i guess we'll we'll save the best for last i'm happy yeah, we can talk happy now. Um, happy is very blunt, very pessimistic. Sad, very sad story. <laughs> I mean, I was about to say, it definitely makes sense to why she is that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but calls, you know, Professor, she, calls Professor Chatterbox, I think it's pretty funny. That's honestly hilarious. At first, I thought she was referring to Aloise. <laughs> yeah, hey, Chatterbox. Like, no, actually, I don't talk at all. <laughs> I have never talked a word in my life. Ever. Uh, I've never had dialogue. But, well, she's had battle dialogue. <laughs> yeah, but... That's funny. Chatterbox is funny. But yeah, no. Every time Happy, Happy is very pushy with her, um, you know, her kind of condition, I guess. Yes. Uh, I'm curious to see if she has dialogue with Lysithia. I don't think she does. I can check. I, f- I feel I like check. she might. I can check. Right that would now. be a good dynamic to go into, I think. But I know she does have dialogue with Linhart. And it shows that no, she's no, like no, not like Scythia, but um, Linhart and Ash are the only ones that she's dialogue with outside of. Ah, oh, damn. Ash Wolves. All right. B- B- Balthus has dialogue with Lysithia. Oh. Yuri also, has Balthus dialogue. Is tall. Like, Yuri. Is... Yuri fucks because he has dialogue with Dorothea, Ingrid, and Bernie, and Constance oh, has. Oh dia- shit! I forgot to talk about Yuri, but talk. Yuri and Bernadetta, but talk about what Constance has. Constance has Ferdinand and Mercedes. Mercedes is interesting. Ferdinand, I don't really get, but okay. Um, Yuri. Constance also what has about? it with Edelgard, but yeah, Yuri. So, do you, you've gotten a support with Bernadetta, right? Yes. Have you gotten a support with Bernadetta, or sorry, B support with Bernadetta and uh, Dorothea? They're talking to each other. No. Okay, so in in I, I believe it's in Dorothea. And Bernadetta's talk. Bernadetta talks about how she befriended a commoner boy, who, like a commoner gardener boy. No who, way. Shush. Who um, was the <laughs> no only person way. who was ever really nice to her? Um, when you know and when she was at her father's house. Who and is then it? <laughs> Yuri, she goes and talks to Yuri, and she's like, "You remind me of someone. I'm sorry for bothering you with my existence." And he he says that he is that he is that gardener commoner boy. gardener boy. Because he was like, do you remember when you drop when you dropped those shears uh, on that boy's face? And she's like, oh, yes, I do. And, she, and he was like, I don't have anything against you except for you left that scar on my face. And she was like, wait, what? <laughs> what? Now, granted, this is only C support, so he could be lying out of his ass. But that's pretty cool, though. Shit. But yeah, apparently. Yeah, this game, this DLC ties up so many cool loose ends. Like, yeah, it it's really neat. It but really anyway, is. Back to happy. Um, because uh, seeing as how you can literally let out a sigh and then summon a damn monster anywhere, yeah, that's that's bound to make people afraid of that's you. A, that's a burden. So there's a lot of you know there's a lot of drama around that. As far she's, as I can um, tell, she skyrocketed to the top of the waifu charts just because she shows some belly button. Shows some be- a completely impractical outfit. Like, like there's low cut and then there's like happy cut. Like Jesus Christ. Yeah, Sack, Sack definitely had some influence in that one and. <laughs> Finally, we get to both of our favorite character. Oh my god, Constance. Constance is just a complete klutz and like a train wreck, but god, we love her. Just an egotistical, Maniac. but simultaneously lowest self-esteem out of the three low self-esteem women. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. 
Yeah, definitely. <laughs> also, also, Dark Rider, magnificent, an amazing class. Oh yeah, definitely. It, you have to get the Ashen Wolves level twenty before you can put them in their class, so it takes a little bit of grinding. But I have Yuri and Trickster, and I have Constance and Dark Flyer, and it just fits them perfectly. It's great. Yeah, I have. I'll be honest. I've been taking my sweet time with New Game Plus, just getting them leveled I, dude, up really I, high. Yeah, me too. Um, um, like my level. Let's see here. Um, my highest level is. Everyone that I start is above level 20, and let's see here. My next battle is actually the Battle of the Eagle and Lion, and the suggested level is 13, so, you know, we're having a good time. Yeah, I just beat Lord Lenato in my playthrough. And I actually have a, a paralogue lined up here for Happy and Balthus, so that'll be interesting. Ooh, very interesting. But, uh, yeah, that's another thing about Yuri... Because before we continue with Constance, I just remembered because apparently Yuri is just fucking everywhere. He's um, awesome. Apparently, apparently Yuri has been to the Empire and has seen Dorothy or Dorothea perform. And <laughs> what? <laughs> that apparently he is an amazing singer. Yuri but, is. Yeah, because Dorothy, their sea support is Dorothea caught him in the act of singing to orphan children in an alleyway. I can't wait for like. They're gonna do an update, and it's like, actually, yeah, I've been to Bridget. I know all about this Petra chick. I was about to say, uh, <laughs> Dagda. I, I yeah, I've known Shamir for years. <laughs> yeah, Nardell, she... yeah, he's cool too. All Myron, Nardell. right? <laughs> he's awesome. Like Fury, what the fuck? Where have Fury. you been? Oh my god, that damn it, that'd be really funny. Just Yuri's the mysterious stranger who's been literally yeah, everywhere. Myron, right? Like big beard, dark, light, darker skin, cool dude. <laughs> Claw's so, like, what the hell? <laughs> he's like, God damn it, my plan has been foiled to call oh Iron Man because this asshole knows who he is. <laughs> Claw getting out schemed by Yuri. Un- oh, he gets, un- un- gets out schemed by Balthus in the side story. Oh yeah, that's true. Remember that? Because um, Dimitri he's calls like, him. Dimitri says Claw, and then Balthus is like, Wait, you're the new heir to House And Claw's like, No, actually, I'm not. And then he's just like, Oh, that's funny because you're the only Claw enrolled here. And Claw's like, How do you know that? He's like, I didn't know that, but I don't know. He was like, I didn't know that, but you fell for it, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> if any of you guys have seen Sonic Adventure, that's a classic Eggman move. But it is. Oh, we'll get in. Oh yes, we will. But anyway, we'll wrap let's wrap up, up Constance. Yeah. Um, she's just so hilariously full of herself. Like it's it's just comical. It's it very yeah. I mean, I haven't. I, I'm. She's the first one I'm gonna ask support from the from the. I guess playthrough because I'm doing male bioleth. I'm doing. Yeah. I'm gonna marry her, but yeah, I'm gonna marry her. But you know, she actually makes magic spells. Like she creates new ones. She turned. It says in a dialogue with Yuri. I don't know if you've seen it. She turned um a pair of boots into licorice. In a in a conversation with Edelgard, she made rainbow colored tea. That just kind of like changes color as you pour it. They kind of make her out to be like the best sorceress. Like magic wielder. Well, not in not natal guards. Natal guards, she it makes her out to be really incompetent and make spells that don't actually are, that are not useful. <laughs> so she's just bad. <laughs> she just does a lot of random magic. Like it's stuff that's like not really practical. It's just like it has like, really random effects. Like that's cool, but how? But the she's hoping that that'll us? be. She's hoping that that'll be her claim to fame to like bring kind of help her bring her house back. Yeah, power it once was, but. I mean, we've seen a lot of magical users, but I don't think we've ever seen someone who, like, literally creates 
new magical spells, which yeah. is very interesting. It is interesting. Uh, but yeah, I think that wraps up my thoughts for Constance. Great class, great character all around. Yeah. Uh, um, it's between her and Yuri for my favorite of the four. Yeah. We'll have to see where their supports go with the rest of the characters that I have. So. Yeah. Um, music. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic battle tracks and abyss like, music. Making, bringing some new bangers to the field and then reusing old ones exactly where they're needed. It's yes, great. exactly where they're needed. Very well done there. And uh, I think it's just a, if you're on the fence, I think we didn't really even talk about how the three house leaders interact, but that's pretty neat too. Like, Yeah, this is like the only other time besides the like first battle of the game that you get to control all three house leaders at once. Yeah, um, like I think it's in chapter three. If you go like talk to Dimitri and Yogar having a conversation, like Dimitri's like, I know your hair wasn't wasn't always white. Yeah, because he says like, was your hair a different color? And she's like, how would you know that? Yeah, have we so... met before? Because she doesn't think they. I don't think she remembers him, does she? Because she says like, have we met before? I don't think now she does. Maybe she doesn't. I genuinely think she doesn't think so. I know Dimitri knows that she knows it. He knows Aogard, but. Yeah, so that was again very interesting. Claude's again just kind of doing his own thing, like he's just Claude's he's just, just, he's, just a, he's he's just, he's a real G. Yeah, because even because uh, when Yuri and and company leave, the professor's like, "I'll take care of uh, the people of Abyss, make sure they don't come to any harm." And Claude's like, "Are you kidding me? That place is a well of secrets. Just try and keep me away. <laughs> I dare you. I dare you, dude. I'm." I'm all. I'm just gonna live down there. There's so many secrets. It's amazing. Yeah, and I'm gonna unearth every last one of them. <laughs> that's that's our Claude for you. Yeah. Um. So that was that's anything the, else on that? I think that's the Fire Emblem Cinder DLC in a nutshell. In a nearly one hour long nutshell. Listen, worth it. <laughs> um. I uh, guess we we'll report back more briefly once we play through the stories. I'm gonna play through all three routes again because why the hell not? But. I mean, hey. Getting get me up to 500 hours on this game because I've already eclipsed 400 hours. Thank you, Cinder Chatters. Oh my um, god! Holy but, shit! <laughs> so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna run through it back with all these characters. We'll report back on any findings that we have. So that was the Fire Emblem Three Houses DLC, and Very we're gonna do a transi- we're gonna do a transition, and we're gonna talk about another video game character who has recently made his cinematic debut. Oh no. Tyler, yep. You saw Sonic the Hedgehog. I, this is I, also a spoiler review. If you don't want to be spoiled, I'll put a time code in here as well. To avoid spoilers for Sonic the Hedgehog, skip to one thirty-eight forty, which will take you right in the Bachelor recap. So if you're gonna stick around for that, stay tuned. And if not, um, have a good weekend, guys, or a week in general, I guess, because it is Monday right now. Tyler, uh, this is our go ahead. Long. This is already a long episode. Hey, hey, the more the more the merrier. Tyler, okay, take it he, here we go. So I did go and see Sonic the Hedgehog. Super the movie. Sonic. <laughs> Just, uh, well, man, I don't even know where to begin. I'm quite conflicted because there were many aspects about this movie that were actually very good like this movie was really decent it it has already made a hundred million worldwide Pro- really it, yes it has a 95 percent audience score on rotten tomatoes oh man and a 69 uh <laughs> um uh critic score from the last that's time not bad. that's not bad that's 
really good. Like, go look up Pikachu's uh, score, Detective Pikachu's score. I kind of, I'm kind of curious. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Um, you may, you may continue. Yeah. So my brother taught told me that I was like, this movie is so strange. I also this movie also further proves okay. my. What's up? Ironically enough, Detective Pikachu also has a 69% Rotten Tomatoes, a 6.6 out of 10 on IMBD, and a 53% Metacritic rating. Okay, so this... Um, I'll, I'll see if Sonic's has changed at all. Because this movie is being compared to Detective Pikachu a lot. Pretty Sonic, much. Sonic the Hedgehog, 6.9 out of 10 on IMBD, 64% on Rotten Tomatoes, 46% on Metacritic. Oh, it went down. Okay, it went down. IMBD is higher than Detective Pikachu, but other than that, it's lower. Which we yeah. both like Detective Pikachu, so... Yeah, I... I'm gonna say that I like Detective Pikachu better just to get... Just to clear the air on that. But as a Sonic fan, I was definitely able to enjoy this movie more than I think I would've otherwise. But then again, that also comes with the notion of, like, you know all the references, but you also know that there aren't enough references. So anyway, we start off in Green Hill Zone on this... On this island, it's not a named island, but it has the Green Hill Zone like themes and aesthetics. So I assume it's 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 where Green Hill Zone and Sonic's narrating, and he's it's essentially a flashback. And Sonic is a baby in this in this scenario. Baby like have, Sonic. We have baby Sonic. So Baby Yoda has had waves throughout this industry, and this is just one of the ripples. So we have we got baby Sonic running around being a little shithead. Uh, he's on this planet and he runs into a parent a, like his apparent caretaker in this sort of, in this sort of like treetop or sort of like mountainside like wooden huts called Longclaw. And you know how Sonic's like just an anthropomorphic hedgehog? Yes, he has like hum- well he has human proportions. Uh, this owl is just a straight up fucking owl. Like it has how, no hu- How did Sonic look? in the movie fantastic literally not even like no complaints about his design just it was literally flawless which i will get into in a second because okay okay uh, i didn't know if you were getting into that but i thought i, I saw it ask yeah I, I, after this section i will I'll, I'll do it but yeah he just runs into this fucking owl like it's just a big ass regular ass owl just runs into this fucking owl yeah it's called long claw <laughs> i'm pretty sure to my knowledge this is a completely original character to okay. this movie and she's apparently sonic's sort of like caretaker Sonic was born with his, like, immense speed powers and shit. And she's like, you gotta stay... She wants Sonic to keep them hidden because people will want to, like, harness his power. And in that very moment, something really cool, echidnas. So, you know Knuckles is an echidna? Yeah. A tribe of echidnas attack, like, Sonic's village. Um, And so Longclaw has to try and escape with Sonic. Uh... And she's, like, trying to fly away from these guys. These guys have, like, fucking bow and arrows. They're shooting at her. Uh, they shoot her in the wing. She falls down onto the ground. Uh, she gets back up like nothing, though. Like, she talks like she hasn't been pierced by a goddamn arrow in her side. Uh, but she gives Sonic this bag of rings. Uh-oh. And this is where the ring system of this movie comes into play. They're basically Doctor Strange portals. Okay. So you think about where you want to go. And you, and you throw go the ring, and it expands, and it becomes a portal to wherever that is. So, Longclaw basically instructs Sonic to just 
never stop running. Keep going. If you get compromised, go to the next planet and the next and the next until you're safe. So Baby Sonic goes through the portal. The echidna's closing around Longclaw. The portal closes, and it implies that Longclaw dies. So that's the that's the prologue to Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> and my goodness, here's my theory. You know how horrendously awful the first render of Sonic looked in this movie? It was like, bad. It was very bad. It was bad. bad. Listen. And you know how they changed it? Like they said they were changing it? Yeah, they changed it. I feel like that happened way too fast for it to have just been a mistake. Because in this movie, Sonic looks fantastic. Apparently, they got like the animator from the Sonic Mania shorts to help with the render. That's a very good idea. Which is a good idea. Now, I just feel like... I don't know. I know nothing about filmmaking. I'll be honest. But I feel like the switch from that design to this design happened so fast. That so you there think, was no so you, way. So you think they planned to release this? It boss was a version? publicity stunt. I fucking guarantee it. Okay, I like that theory. Okay, okay, Sonic looks actually really good. Like I did not see one problem with the model at all. It looked no, like, like he was even there. in the, even in the trailers, like he looks fantastic. Like it, it, he looks really good. They, I'm pretty sure they nailed it, and I'm pretty sure they had this plan from the beginning. And I think the publicity stunt worked if it truly was that because people are going out to see this movie and they're saying that it's pretty decent. But people, I haven't met anyone that I haven't heard anything that's like I hated this movie with all my guts. I mean, I hate some aspects of this movie, but for the most part, it's pretty good, at least in my opinion. Now, right. I think Jim Carrey really did steal the show. As Eggman. I saw that he had like one of his that was like a vintage he was super crazy and unhinged, annoying in just the right ways. And just as, as egg as the egg. As the egg as the eggman himself. Actually, the human character, uh like the kind kind the, the, the kind of buddy cop that Sonic roams around with, his name's Tom. Uh Tom Wachowski. Yeah, he's act- his his actor's pretty familiar. Like if you've seen like, yeah. if you've seen funny movies, you'd recognize him. Yeah, he's actually really like he's really good. Like he's Tom? actually kind of he's he's a good character in this movie. Um, Sonic. Jesus Christ! I think they made him younger. <laughs> I think they like aged him down. Like I feel like he's. I think like regularly he's like sixteen-ish or a little bit older. Okay. But in this one, he he acts like a fourteen-year-old. Because he is, like, really fucking annoying in some scenes. Sonic? Like, really goddamn. Like, I get it. He's supposed to be a snarky, like, haha, too cool for school. But Jesus Christ. Like, it's a little much in some scenes. I'll say, you're, like, one of the, you're one of the, you're one of the biggest Sonic fan I, fans I know. So if he was annoying in, you, in your grading, Just, he must have oh, been, he must have been a real prick. He was very childish. I mean, I think that that was the point. Because this whole movie is spent around how Sonic feels alone. How he's okay. never made like a real friend in his life because he's always had to be secretive and so people didn't discover his power. Yeah. You see this power demonstrated because he's in the he's in the town of Green Hills, uh, Montana. Haha. <laughs> kind of on the joke. <laughs> on the nose joke. So yeah, that's where he's chilling. It's a really small community, and then you know, he talks about all these people that he's never met, but yeah, he has like nicknames and shit for. He lives in this cave. He has, he reads a bunch of Flash comics. His treadmill is a dishwasher. It's or not a dishwasher, just a just a washer for like clothes. It's it's very charming. The first ten minutes of this movie is really good. Um, so yeah, you get introduced to all the human characters. 
and then he is you know the baseball scene from the trailer mm-hmm. that happens now he kind of plays baseball with himself after watching a game of baseball and like this kid getting a home run and high-fiving all his friends and all that so he's like, that looks cool i want yeah, to do he, that and he you know when night falls he goes and does that and he's just really sad like sort of like the weight of this loneliness comes down crushing on him so he just he just runs around the bases he just keeps running faster and faster there's like blue lightning coming out of him and then you know he's like leaving a freaking like trench in the ground (laughs) and then he basically just emps like he jumps (laughs) in the air and he just massive emp blast takes out the entire power system of like the grid he just ruins it destroys the grid so then we pop over to the president of the united fucking states oh boy and his his, like meeting no it's not donald it's an old it's (laughs) It is not Donald Trump. It's not Donald Trump. Uh, But he's talking to these guys. He's like, we need to do something about this. We're going to bring him in. And, like, the secretary is like, I don't – I hope you don't know. I hope you don't bring in who I think you're bringing and stuff like that. It's basically – they're bringing up Eggman. Eggman is a a red-blooded American, apparently. Uh, (laughs) He's a patriot. (laughs) He's a patriot because – so he he comes into this armored truck and – you know, to this baseball field, and he, he, basically, he's built up. He has an immense IQ, and he's like mega smart. But he's that, make, that makes sense. He's eccentric and crazy to the core, like literally insane. But uh, he's man, Eggman is really funny. Like I really like his character a lot. So eventually, uh, Sonic tries to use his rings to get away, uh, but he needs, but his cave is compromised. So he needs oh, no. to, um, because Eggman finds out it's a biological creature because of a quill that was left behind. Okay. So, I, okay. So, so Sonic thinks it's intellect. Yeah. Sonic breaks into a, uh, uh breaks into Tom's garage <laughs> and, and hides. Or like, or like his shed and tries to use the ring. And, uh, Tom thinks it's like a raccoon. So he brings out his wife is a vet. Uh, Okay, I guess I should bring, give some background. Tom's a cop, small-town cop, doesn't really do a whole lot, but he's very devoted to his job. He recently got a new job offer at in San Francisco to be, like, a street cop. It's, like, actually save people's lives. That's what he wants to do. Um, his wife is a veterinarian. She's gone out of town to San Francisco to look out to look for some new na- neighborhoods. Okay. Uh, but she, has a, uh, she is a vet, so she has this huge-ass tranquilizer gun. Oh, God. Um, so he's, You're like... Trank Sonic? <laughs> yeah, he's... He's like, hey, honey, the raccoons are back. I'm going to use your trank gun. She's like, dude, that's made for, like, bigger animals. And he's like, don't worry, I'm only going to scare them, hopefully to death. And then <laughs> hangs up on it. Also, uh, his wife has a really annoying sister that I wish was just not in the movie. She just yells divorce because she thinks that Tom is a terrible person and it gets really annoying. Anyway. Right. Good to know. So, yeah, he tranks Sonic in the leg. Um, oh, no. <laughs> Sonic already made a portal. He drops his rest of his bag of rings through the portal, which is to San Francisco because he read the name on Tom's shirt. Okay. And then now it's on top of a huge ass skyscraper. And this is what kicks off the whole buddy cop sort of thing. Uh, Eggman goes, tracks Sonic to this place, to Tom's house. And oh, Tom's a badass. He stares down Eggman like without a second thought. Like he is. Like Tom's a likable guy. I like how they made the human characters really likable. 
Uh, he also socks Eggman in the jaw once he finds out. Oh, he where some gives him a little rocking. Just rocks him across the face, like unconscious, and he's down. So then, after he saves Sonic, um, again, this movie happens really fast. Like the motivations happen like really quickly. Um, they go on the road, uh, to try to get to San Francisco. Sean- is this where Sonic goes and sees the giant rubber ball? Yeah. This <laughs> they get into his truck and they drive away because now the government is after them. Oh, my God. Sonic, God damn it. Yeah, no, because Eggman tells uh, Tom, like, you realize that any commit any act of treason against the United States is punishable by death. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Eggman's a red-blooded patriot, my man. <laughs> he is a Republican. <laughs> so they're on the road, and... From the point that they get into the truck to where they eventually have to ditch the truck, I really don't like this movie. <laughs> oh, man. Because this is where Sonic's just annoyance comes in. He's just a little annoying. So they, they go to this, like, stop to, like, go on a payphone to try and call, like, the this guy's sort of, like, assistant back in Mon- uh, Tom's sort of, like... Uh, I don't know. He it's a guy he that works at his, the cop agency that he works for, and he was gonna ask him some questions. Uh, and Sonic looks over and sees this like hardcore biker bar. Okay. After he's instructed to stay in the truck, so he gets out of the truck and goes into the biker bar wearing a goddamn like cowboy hat and polo shirt that's way too big for him. <laughs> and then, Fucking obviously, Sonic. they they get discovered. Well, they start a bar fight. And oh, have you good. seen the have you seen the Quicksilver scene from Days of Future Past? Yes, I have. This is this that happens. Like Sonic oh, that's just, neat. Sonic beats up everyone in the bar and then they leave. And then they uh, flee. Back on the road again. This is where the big old Eggman car chase comes in. Okay. Uh he's called Dr. Robotnik throughout the entire movie. Uh Sonic does eventually call him Eggman, which is awesome. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this car keeps blowing up into smaller and smaller cars until eventually, like, it's just a little tiny drone helicopter, and then that cuts off the roof of the truck that they're, that they're driving. Oh my god, Sonic, so- what the fuck? Sonic breaks it in two, but it turns out the head of the helicopter was a sticky bomb, so it's stuck to Sonic's <laughs> hand, and they try to throw it away, but they get it too late, Sonic it blows up in Sonic's face. Well, at the back of his head, rather. And Sonic's dead. And uh, Sonic's unconscious. But hey, apparently the truck still works. And apparently they're near San Francisco. So Tom scoops up Sonic and apparently. takes him and takes him to uh, where his, his wife is staying. Now, also a quick note. Um, Sonic and Tom get to talking while they're in the car. Talking about why Tom wants to leave uh, Montana. And all, like, his friends and family. And Sonic gets, like, genuinely offended that Tom, like, wants to leave and, like, go. His family? Yeah. Because, no, he's, cause he's taking his family. Like, he has his wife. And, like, she's going with him, of course. But, you know, just the, the people of Green Hills, Montana, would he would be leaving behind. And Sonic is, like, super pissy at him about this. Like, like I've he, never had a family, damn it. That That is kind of what he goes down. He's like, why would you want to leave somewhere where you're accepted and all the such? Which I can kind of get. But then yeah. he goes on a tangent of, like, 
don't worry, I'll take care of this. But if I don't come back, you can just ditch me. It seems like you're good at that. I'm like, okay, is this really necessary? Like, come on. <laughs> that seems forced. That seems a little, like, a little bit of a forced conflict. Like, it's not even that, you know, but whatever. I'm, yeah. Just just another little thing. Like, I enjoyed the movie while I watched it. I still do think it's a good movie. But it's just things like that, when you look back on it, that just kind of, like, there are that flaws. Wasn't that, you like, that was unnecessary. Like, that, that line wasn't needed. But anyway, they make it to uh, the... The place in San Francisco. Um, his wife's super cool about like this alien hedgehog being there. The, like after way he, cooler than you'd think. <laughs> yeah, like in Montana, back in Montana, like the town had a legend about the blue devil. Like only one crazy old man believed, <laughs> and he explains like, yeah, this is the blue devil, and she's like, what? Holy shit, he was right. <laughs> so she's a cool character too. Her name's Maddie. Uh, she's a cool character. Uh, they tie up her sister. So that she doesn't call the cops. So that was fun. Um, essentially, Eggman tracks them down. And they uh, they do a big old fight after they get up on the top of the building that Sonic's rings are on. Uh, more slow motion scenes. Again, the action scenes were fantastically done. There were a lot of poses from the games. Like, you know Sonic's render in Smash Ultimate? Yeah. That was done in the final Ooh. fight. Um, he did like the slide he did like some it, it was really cool the final action sequence uh we got a cheesy final speech power of friendship oh. they oh, they yeah. are they're eventually warped back to montana after sonic keeps warping around these different worlds not <laughs> worlds like places on earth like he's fighting on the great wall of china on the pyramids of giza <laughs> all over the place <laughs> he's fighting everywhere yeah so eggman like takes that quill and it and he finds out that it has infinite energy so he uses it to power his big machine and that's how he's able to like keep up with sonic okay uh but eventually sonic kicks his ass and shoots him into a portal into this like mushroom planet which is where he was going to go after he got like compromised on earth but now he decides to stay this world is nothing but mushrooms like literally nothing but mushrooms and breathable air (laughs) so he goes in there and uh yay everything wins but uh you see eggman okay and Eggman's still alive. He's on this mushroom planet. He still has the quill of infinite energy, I guess. And he shaves his hair. He's bald. He has the mustache, and he looks exactly like the Eggman from Are the Are they games. setting up a sequel or no? Dude, they, they hard set up. There's an after credit scene in this movie. They set up a sequel? Yeah. Tails comes through a portal. Oh man, Who there's gonna be a sequel. <laughs> Tails also looks amazing, by the way. Like it looks fantastic. He was flying around with his two tails and everything. He's like, he should be here. I hope I'm not too late. Flies off in the distance, ends. It has a record Ralph. It has a record Ralph style credits before that scene where it's a more video gamey style look at the movie. And there are a lot of references in those credits that totally should have been used in the actual movie. <laughs> Like, they were so close. They're always so close with the little references. They just need to do it more. They need to embrace the video game nature of it. But All right. Anyway, here is the big thing that confuses me about this movie after I saw that after credit scene. We are led to believe that Sonic has never had a true friend in his life before. Up until this point where he meets Tom. Literally on Sonic's bucket list that he makes while he's on Earth, it says, make a real friend. 
So that means there were zero. Zip, no friends before this one instance. So why is Tails here? Why is he here? <laughs> maybe like maybe like Sonic's home planet's in trouble and like he knows that Sonic's like a legend there, so maybe he's going back to like find him like, dude, there's some we got, we need you, buddy. That is what I think, but also, again, I don't know how they met. Like, sure, they could have met when they were like little, like back when that flashback scene was taking place, but the credits literally show that moment. Like they credit baby Sonic in the credits. So this man is like young young okay so there was like no chance that sonic ever met tails unless they were like really young and somehow still remember each other like 10 years later i can't wait for sonic to meet amy in the sequel god i just don't even put that nightmare into my head right now man i hope they put metal sonic in the sequel shadow just get all of them in there just get all of them in there but it's just because uh, it doesn't make any sense. Like, why is Tails here? He shouldn't know him. <laughs> Tyler's complaining about a Legend Sonic character being in the fucking movie. He's like, How the, why the fuck is he here? Like, I love Tails, but why is he in the movie? Because if, because if Sonic and Tails are friends... Look, if Tails is here, then that means Sonic and him aren't friends. Yeah, Sonic's like, dude, I hate you. Piss off. Like, <laughs> Because if Sonic made a real friend... <sighs> then first of all he wouldn't write it on that bucket list second of all he probably wouldn't have left the planet that tails was on unless he got discovered and what does that mean tails is on a different planet does that mean that tails that, that tails's planet and sonic's planet aren't the one and the same or does that mean they're on the same fucking planet and that tails never met him but he's just there for plot reasons i, I genuinely love how this pisses you off <laughs> Because they were so close to making the movie, like, that much better. Like, all the little details, the performances were actually really good, and the details were there. I had fun watching the movie, but for God's sake... then they sake, showed that two-tailed fuck coming at the end of the movie. <laughs> that's... I'm not saying the movie is ruined. I still like the movie. I still think it's worth you to go watch. It's Give just, it a score. Give it a score. A score? Like, out of ten. Seven out of ten. No. Seven no, out of ten. Okay. Ugh. Tails takes it down an entire fucking point. <laughs> like, I was talking to my brother about this, and it was he was like, "Oh yeah, that is true." How, like, even my brother, I'm surprised my brother conceded on that point. He's like, "I don't fight. I get right here, buddy." Now, my my brother really liked this movie. Like, he's a huge Sonic fan, so it's not okay. A so what do you, so what do you like more, Detective Pikachu or Sonic the Hedgehog? I personally like Detective Pikachu better. Okay, I I think I'm gonna go see Sonic just because I'm interested. <laughs> I don't know because in Detective Pikachu they really they leaned in more to like the aspects of the video games. Yeah, and and the anime and all media like that are related to Pokemon. Like they threw in so many references. Mm-hmm. But for Sonic, it just seems like they didn't. But they still made it like a good movie. Like I'd still say it's like, like the references were there, but they didn't hit them home. Yeah, because like all of Eggman's robots are like generic white like modern looking robots like they're not the crazy like designs you see in the games and they're just really boring they're all these like each one of them has a single red eye they're white and black and that's it like it's some of them look like it's crazy it's crazy how we don't have like a really good video game movie that's wild because no one i guess no one thinks i guarantee you like you just have to 
it's it's a weird line to tread. I understand that. Like from, I'm trying to think from like the movie maker's perspective. And, like, it's the it's company it's that tough to it's tough to because you need like, to make it not only for yeah. like the singular subsection of society that is gamers would not make enough revenue if only them went to go see the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they need to. You they, to make I it feel appeal like, to all audiences. Yeah, I was about to say. I feel like they need to like try to compensate and throw in some extra. Ad- Sonic Fortnite dances twice in this movie. Twice! Um, Like, one time, okay, congratulations, you're with the times, but for God's sake, twice? And it's the same dance, too. It's the same one. For God's sakes, twice? (laughs) What the fuck? Uh, I I was genuinely livid when that happened. Tyler threw his... He's fucking pissed. He threw his popcorn (laughs) at the screen, stormed out of the theater. See... And then there are really good there are really good references though. Like Sonic does call Eggman Eggman at one point, which is great. Uh, Sonic eats a chili dog, which is fantastic. That's good. Uh, Eggman flips a switch in in his truck when like the lights go out after he's like shocked himself with the quill, and it shows like badniks on like a piece of duct on a piece of like masking tape on top of a switch, which is the names of the robots that he uses in the games and some of the shows. You know, the, the references are there, but it's like, I just wish there was more, you know? Yeah, I get it. I've seen some people say that they just wanted a fully, now that they've seen this, they want a fully animated, like, Sonic movie, but, like, in Sonic's world. Like, with only his characters and no human ones. No, that's not gonna happen. It won't happen. God knows it won't happen. Especially because the human characters were actually, like, pretty good in this in Yeah, this you- world. It sounds like Tom isn't bad. Like, Eggman's actually pretty good. Like, the government's yeah. not bad. It's a very unique take on Eggman. He's just even more crazy than he is in the games. In the games. Like, literally off his rocker crazy. <laughs> but also just really, uh, like, really smart, but also, like, really, also really snarky. Like, he's kind of, like, a, a pretty good foil for Sonic in this movie. Um... But, oh, Jesus, an hour and 30 minutes. I'm so sorry. I love it. I love it. I love it. (laughs) Oh, my Lord. But, yeah. So, at the end of the movie, Sonic gets adopted into Tom's family. Is he, like, Like, a pet or is he, like, a person? No, like, a person. Like, they give him his own, like, bedroom up at the top of, like, his attic. Okay, because the whole thing of Ted 2 was his dead property or a person like that's the that's the next sonic that's the next sonic that's the next sonic movie like tails i'd love to help you out but i'm caught up in a court case right now turning on a person (laughs) or a pet i don't think that's uh i saved all the whole town of montana like sees him fight eggman he's like Like, i I I saved all these assholes and they're trying to put a fucking collar on me tails can you believe it i just said the whole town of montana i'm sorry montana the whole the whole town of green hills in montana uh um, sees him fight Eggman, and they're all like, "Hey, that's our sheriff. You're, you're uh, fucking with Blue Devil." As you know, because Tom's also there, and you know, it shows. This is to show like the support he has from the community and how much he means to yeah. all the people back in his hometown. And he decides to stick around in his hometown, of course. Oh, Green uh, Hills. Green Hills, yeah. So, uh, and then Sonic gets adopted into their family. Uh, they all have a dog, so I guess that kind of like draws the line between pet and person sonic so, the hedgehog 2 the dog and sonic just butt heads the whole movie the dog and <laughs> sonic are just mortal enemies more 
Eggman recruits the dog. He's like, yeah, <laughs> I got your trump card, there's baby. A, there's a spy the whole time. <laughs> the dog's undercover. The yeah, dog's Eggman is shadow. stuck on this on this uh, mushroom planet. But now he's oh. like, now he'll like, be back. Listen, if he, I was really because in the trailers, it made it look like that Eggman was going to go through his Eggman transformation in the movie. Like he's got the at the end of the movie, he's right before the credits. He's got the red suit. He's got the goggles. He's got the stash, and he's got the shaved head. He's got it all. But it happens in the last like two minutes of the movie. Like, damn, th- that should have happened beforehand. He should like as you're meeting him, he should already be going through that transition. Like I thought, like this would be the like I. It was actually I, I didn't like Eggman's design when I first saw it. The trailer, but then I was like, but when I saw that his design was in the real design was in one of the trailers, I was like, oh, what if this is like the slow devolution of the psyche of this man? Because he like thinks he's so smart, but he's losing to this like rut of a hedgehog. (laughs) He's losing a runt. So he goes, he literally goes crazy, which essentially is what happens. Yeah. He drives him insane. I just wish it happened sooner, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I get it, man. But. Die Hard Sonic fan myself. I know yeah. I've been I've been ranting about the things I hate about no, this Oh my god, that shit was hilarious. <laughs> Fucking he Fortnite danced twice? Are you kidding? Yes, twice. How I, does Sonic uh, even know what Fortnite is? <laughs> I don't know. I'm surprised it wasn't name dropped in this movie. I mean, hell, if it can get named if it, if it can get dropped in Endgame, I mean, it, they didn't say Fortnite, but they literally showed yeah. Thor. The God of Thunder playing Fortnite in Endgame. So I was surprised that they didn't, like, set it up shit in here. Was, shit was hilarious. But, but, yeah, no, that's... That 7 out of 10 for Sonic the Hedgehog? I, I think it is a good movie. I do want there to be a sequel. By the looks of how it's how it's selling, it looks like they're good on their way to getting that sequel. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I am grateful that they did change the design. Even if it was a stunt, I'm still grateful that they did, did went go with this design. Uh, I'm grateful that they actually put time into the human characters to actually make them like. Is there not any um? Fit. Is there any Sonic music in the movie? Like, not enough, but there is. Like, is Green Hill Zone in there? There is a really calming rendition of Green Hill Zone at the end of the movie when they're like remodeling their house in Green Hills, Montana. Okay. Which is really cool. Um, there may be some snippets of it. Okay. Uh, earlier in the movie, but they're definitely isn't enough like listen people will pick up on that stuff like the, oh yeah oh yeah the, the real like diehard fans like if you put like live and learn or like some of the lyrical songs in the background like, but, like the cut fan out the fans li- the fan fans will be like yes yeah because i just downloaded a whole album of sonic music <laughs> because uh nate wants to battle on youtube or nathan sharp is as he's now going by yeah. uh on youtube he makes he made like remixes of like iconic sonic uh songs and they're like really cool, and it just made me. I was listening to them, and it just made me think, like, wow, they totally could have like stuck some of these like songs in the background of these scenes. Yeah, because they they definitely would have the rights for it, right? You I imagine think, if you have the whole rights, you, th- to make you a think Sonic s- movie, yeah, you, you think Sega would, yeah, you think Sega would sign off on that, wouldn't you? But based on hopefully based on the initial reaction that this movie has gotten, and like. The things that people are pointing out about this movie, maybe they'll do better next time. Like, I'm hoping they do, because I feel like they do have something, like, good here. 
at the very least, it's very entertaining. Like, it's a very fun movie to go watch. Yeah, it's almost like Detective Pikachu. We both think that they have room to make, like, a Pokemon universe. I'm not saying make a Sonic universe, but a, def- a, a second movie never hurt. Yeah, like, I, I hope that both of them do get sequels because they're both really unique takes on video game movies, but in our real world, which is... Pr- they just, obviously, they re- that's nothing new, but... They remake your favorite Sonic game of all time into a movie. I don't think they'll ever follow the plot that closely, but they're doing... They're on the right track like they Mm -hmm. missed some i feel like they missed some crucial opportunities in this first movie but all in all i'm still like really surprised but happily so about how the movie turned out all right so with that being said an hour and 35 minutes in with one with a bachelor recap to go still we're not done yet baby i got an announcement are you kidding me tyler what 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 so What, what's on the screen right now? Oh, shit. I almost forgot about that. Um, a Nintendo eShop card for Astral Chain is on my screen right now, Mr. Colby. So, Tyler, I, I think he alluded to it on this podcast or an early episode. Tyler got Astral Chain for Christmas, but the problem was he got it twice. Yeah, I, I received Astral Chain two times. Uh, one was a physical copy and the other was a digital download, which Colby has right in his hands. So, and as you can tell by, I, I haven't, I haven't looked at this card until you now. have not touched that thing until I have Christmas. not, and I am not going to do any good with a Nintendo eShop digital copy of Astral Chain just sitting here in my college dorm <laughs> collecting dust. So we're going to give it away. Yeah. So, seeing it'll probably be the same as the last giveaway, right? We're gonna um, put up some we're, tweets, put up some yeah, we're, we're into, Instagram yeah, we're, stuff. We'll, so we will put up um, some Instagram stuff, some Twitter stuff. Follow us on Twitter at SwitchUpPod mm-hmm. to not only get the latest information on our episodes when they're coming out, but to also follow the instructions to enter this giveaway. So yes, we will, and we will put up a. I will. We will come to a, a time when the giveaway will end. We will put that all on Twitter. So yeah, we will. We will keep you guys updated once the episode releases. I have the uh, code right here too. Just for you to uh, look forward to, I was thinking, after I heard about Colby's intent to do this, I was thinking about giving a a, a spoiler-free review of Astral Change, since I have played through it entirely, <laughs> right. on, the next, on, the, on the next episode. Okay! Since this, uh, one's not, this one's not long enough, I think we need to... <laughs> yeah, no, we need to extend this uh, another two hours, but... Uh, yeah, on the next episode of Switch It Up, you can look forward to a non-spoiler review... Uh, and or spoiler review, depending. We might put up a poll for that. Might. Uh, or, or we could do both at once. But yeah. uh, we, for now, I'll go with non-spoiler review on the next episode of Switch It Up. So. All right. And that is going to conclude the gaming portion of this episode. Finally. <laughs> um, you, like I said earlier, you can follow us on Twitter at SwitchUpPod. Uh, you can follow myself personally at Colby underscore Moyer on both the Twitterverse and Instagram. You can follow me at Tyler Samsel on Twitter and at tsamsel 11 on instagram i will also be trying to put out a uh, a meme dream team for next week all so right look yep. forward to that and with that i suppose we should transition over to good old good old bachelor talk shall we hometowns four girls one guy a lot of drama coming up right now on here we go Cat.
All right, uh, back to recap. This is uh, this uh, fuck. As if this episode wasn't long enough. Here we are. One more segment. Yeah. Bachelor recap time. Of course, bachelor recap time. It was um, I was very excited for this week. It was hometowns, and you know, it's typically one of the better weeks of the of the season. But uh, it was not. That was not the case. This one was did not follow that trend. It was it was boring as hell. It was yeah. It was a. It was a snooze fest, let me tell you. So, um, continued his trend of being an absolute moron. Yeah, it's, it's not. It's just, yeah. Uh, there's no much more to put. That's pretty well put. His, I will say his scar has developed quite well. He's looking. It looks good. On, he's looking full on Skywalker right now. Yeah, he is. So we wake up in Knoxville, Tennessee, nice. Hannah Ann's hometown, and. So typically, like, if you don't know how this works, they have a day planned out. Like they spend the whole day there, then they go meet the family like for dinner. So we we go to Knoxville. Hannah's just like okay. And if you ever have heard, have you ever seen Mulan? The song I I'll make a man out of you basically comes into play right here. It, it, it essentially, yes. Yeah. She's like I. My father says I need a strong man, so we're gonna go to this axe throwing bar and. Throw oh, axes. They, oh god and they i really the axes they, certainly leave their hands but i wouldn't say that they were thrown per se there there was not an athletic bone in either of their bodies <laughs> it was it was interesting to watch but peter eventually gets one and then calls it a day he gets a bullseye then just goes and claims in hannah Ann, and they basically walk out of there and that's what else yeah, do they, they do? They, they, they have their talk. That's pretty much it for their. Oh day. no, Peter! Oh, Peter oh, yeah, takes Peter... the log and basically splits the log like so unbelievably unevenly. Like the thinnest little like strip comes off, and he holds it in the air like it's the damn king's crown. And he just like this piece of this piece of wood he split off will burn to ashes the second you touch it with a lighter. And <laughs> it and he was so proud of it. As you can tell, he's definitely a Cali boy. Yeah, but. So that was mildly entertaining, if not only to laugh at at Peter's. Uh, and we'll get more chances to laugh at him. So oh oh, we sure will. There, there's a lot of controversial elements in this episode nearest to the end, but we will yeah, get was, to those. Yeah, and so they go and meet Hannah Ann's family. Um, her dad's not just, super enthused. No, the dad, the Hannah Ann's dad, is definitely not um, Team Peter here. So he, he's like, you know what? I he asked him how he felt about Hannah and Peter said, oh, yeah, oh, I think he's falling in love with her. And his, his dad was like, you know what? Maybe you like, shouldn't tell her that you right bite now. Your tongue. If you don't mean it. <laughs> and then, and Peter's like, oh, sorry, sir. And then, um, what, what does he do? Fact, right. They after walk that. outside, take two steps to this convenient bench that is placed <laughs> in front of Hannah Ann's house. And he professes his love. He goes exactly against, he, what against Hannah Ann's father's head is as, as is, usual in the bachelor yes as per usual so (laughs) from that point forward you can kind of get the sense that hannah ann is you can lock it in that she's moving on yeah she's i mean so far our predictions are coming to pass from last yes from last week now everything's going according to plan now we hop on and we hop when we we go to commercial and we wake back up and now we're in des moines iowa Man, these transitions are fast. They have some fast planes. Yes, they do. They're flying. So we wake up in Des Moines, Iowa. We are now to Kelsey's hometown, and a little, a little, um, 
owed to Champagne Gate and all the alcohol that Kelsey has consumed on this <laughs> season, we're going to continue the alcohol trend. Oh, and listen. and they're going to make and they're going to have some wine. But the thing about this wine is <laughs> it was it was made by the luscious grapes and feet they used. <laughs> Yeah, stomp they, on these poor they grapes. put a bunch of grapes in the tub and they stomped on them with their bare feet and the cameras did a bunch of gross close-ups. So yeah, I was about to say, like, I was about to say, um, they put a camera in that goddamn grape tub? <laughs> there were like 15 people down in the the hall lobby where I was watching it and they were all just groaning. They were just like, oh my god, get it off of the screen. Yeah, and they're like dancing in the grape bucket. <laughs> it was so awkward. Holy shit. Very awkward, and then they go to like to, they go to like make the wine, and um, they go to like a damn they, chemistry laboratory. Yeah, Peter basically. has this scarf on that. Oh god, not it, he, it, he. It just didn't look good. Listen, but. I love Z, I love Zero in the scarf army, but Peter does not belong in the scarf <laughs> army. But <laughs> For uh, he is yeah, not no, a gamer, nor can pull off a scarf. No, no, they. And then Tyler, what did they name the wine? It's called Peter and Kelsey's, and then they named the wine. What's the wine named? Uh, didn't Peter just name it wine? This wine is the name <laughs> of the wine. Oh, they named it this and his, wine. Yes, and his thing was, if I walk into a store, I want to go like, I want this wine. <laughs> That's what they fucking named the bottle of wine that they oh. stopped. That they put poor grapes out of their misery, made these biochemists who were probably forced by their will by Bachelor producers to make this wine. And the, the least you could do is give it a good name. Yeah, well, I mean, no, what did you what did you really expect from this season That's of The Bachelor? It's true. It's true. I, did, I didn't expect a lot, but I expected more than that. So now well, we go that, to... That's where your first problem arise, arises, yeah, my friend. Yeah, it's very, but very now problematic. But now we go to Tama. No, Kel, we gotta go Kelsey's home first. Oh yeah, sorry, we, I forgot we didn't meet their parents okay, yet. Okay, uh, flight been de- flight's been delayed to Bama, yeah, so um, we so, are going to meet Kelsey's parents first. My apologies. Yeah, there's not much. There's not much that goes on here. Um, the mom is just like, "Don't break my girl's heart," and then the mom goes to Kelsey and is like, "Don't let him break your heart." And instead of dad being initiator on this one, it's more so mom. Like, oh no, yeah. dad's not even there. So. Yeah, that's right. So, but there is like yeah, a male presence. Wow, there. The male way, presence to, way a, to bring that up, Colby. <laughs> tearjerker. Um, so there is no like real. So the male presence in this one kind of takes a backseat, and Kelsey's mom didn't, is the one that oh, yeah, does Kelsey all had, the like, two sisters, didn't she? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, they all had like the exact same hair. It was yeah. They were all like yeah. They didn't look the same, but from if you just looked at the back of their heads and just saw the hair, yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't. It was just a bunch of blonde curls all episode, or at all least right, all so, that portion of the episode. And at this point, you think that Kelsey's safe too. Like it went pretty well. Nothing really happened dramatic wise. We haven't had any drama yet this episode. She does say, "I'm falling in love with you," and Peter oh, yeah. says nothing. Cool. He just ki- he just kisses her <laughs> Thank to you. make her stop talking. He's like, "That's great. That's really great. Yes, yes, that makes you. me really happy. I'm great." Thank he doesn't say yes. it back. So. Yeah, thank you. So now that we've uh, got, thank now you. that we've got, I love, I love you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so now that we've got gas in the plane, now we can go to Auburn, Alabama, the deep south, as the people call it. And oh, this is where the tweets started flying. Ah, uh, Twitter. So <laughs> my favorite place on the world's Twitter. Um, so now we go to Alabama. This is Madison's hometown. 
and we just go straight to Auburn University where she just pours out her blue and like like pours out her blue and orange ties and war eagle and all that bullshit so it's actually pretty neat they go on the auburn's like college basketball court where she played she actually Mm -hmm. played like college basketball i was digging for some statistics i couldn't find any (laughs) i did find a huddle highlight though so really yeah go on my twitter i retweeted it so uh, yeah i I found us there's only like four clips but i i broke those shits down um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so um charles barkley nba and auburn hall of famer pops on the screen he's just like peter you he's like in and his charles barkley always well, like i'll whoop your ass like if you treat her wrongly <laughs> I'll, I'll kill you don't yeah, don't I'll, try it oh i love auburn then just crawling out of the woodworks <laughs> is bruce pearl who's just somehow there the men's auburn basketball coach he's like i was just getting some paperwork and i saw the cameras i'm like i gotta see what's up and oh, they man. put peter he puts peter and madison through this little basketball circuit um peter's never touched the orange ball in his life no not never at all never at all he's, um he's a very he's struggling with basic man. dribbling exercises Yes, this is it's just bad, and it gets worse. Not only can oh, he not so dribble, much worse. um, he also apparently can't move his legs because Madison no, made the can't. Madison made the slowest drive I've ever seen, and Peter just opens like a door, lets her right by, and Madison City. had my man in hell in shackles. <laughs> he could not, he could not stop her from scoring at all. He. I, 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 I screamed in all caps on Twitter, make her go left. He couldn't do it. Make her shoot a 15-footer. He couldn't do it. You know what he, else he couldn't do? He couldn't score. He could he not hit that one. He hit that one three, which I'm guessing took like 100 tries because there were a lot of takes. There's a lot of unused footage there. Yeah, Madison was so disrespectful, basically guarding him with her hands tied behind her back, not even – giving him the dignity of actually trying they're also playing in jeans both of them which is just uh, I, I don't oh that's God. i would have been i would have been shorts shooter sleeve headband i would have put madison <laughs> in a cave i would have just cooked her. <laughs> the whole shebang colby would have been in which is why we need him to be the best the next bachelor so wait a few years and you might see i would have me... had the ball i would have had the ball in the right hand put my left hand on her dome yaga crossover <laughs> and then just bang well peter ju- peter does eventually just grab her and just flagrant one absolutely yeah flagrant two on peter so he's thrown out of the game and that is how we go to um Uh, madison's Madison's home madison's home which is basically um the temple of christ because (laughs) (laughs) my oh my does this family love them some religion Uh, yeah the special plate yes as as (laughs) kirby holds the holy bible and the cross in the in the terminal montage videos that's basically what this house is like yeah, um, this, the, this is a Christian house right here. Yeah, so they so they have this thing with their family, which is actually pretty sweet. Um, they like if you've had like a day, like if you've done something good, they'll go around the table and say something that they like about you. And of course, <laughs> it was Madison. And what's not to like about Madison? She's basically perfect as of right now. So, child of God, child of God, child yes. of courts, child of the Christ, and. Basically, the mom and dad, Dirk Indiana. I hope he's talked. I hope she's talked to him about the face thing, like about the you know abstinence. And shit. Yeah, so she's saving herself for marriage, which was kind of predictable. I mean, also because it was in the preview for the last episode. That's yeah, good point. Um, that helps. I <laughs> so. swear, no one in the lo- 
we'll we'll get into that in a second. But uh, yeah, no, I don't think she she doesn't tell him, does she? That she loves him? No, about the saving herself for marriage thing. Not in this episode, no. No, I was about to say she does not talk about that in this episode, despite no, we'll her get mom to, we'll get to that. It does it does come up again, but yes. So yeah, but does he does she tell him he or has has she already told her him that she he loves her I, loves him? Right, I was about to say I, I I'm. I'm gonna be honest. I was so fucking bored by this point that I was looking yeah, at my phone for a little bit. I know. I know. Peters told Madison, but I'm not sure if she said it back. I don't I, think she has. I was about to say, may, maybe not. I can actually see it going both ways. So, yeah, I'm I not sure. So, so let's just we, leave it open because yeah, we don't know. <laughs> so now we. So our final destination oh, is Virginia boy. Beach with Victoria. Virginia, F. And, Beach. Oh my god! Not only am I bored now after watching this, I was just exhausted. This is when this episode went from bad to still bad. It, it was just bad. <laughs> really boring. But Yeah, so... I mean, okay. This episode, this part of the episode wasn't really boring. It was just... Oh my god, why? Uh, that was basically... Oh my god, why? Yeah, honestly, so, exactly. Let's get into it. So, unfortunately, they, they shoot their best bullet right out of the gate. And they have a dog there. <laughs> yeah. Victoria F's dog, which is just a black lab, and he looks like a champion of a dog. For real. He, he's... So Peter comes running in to say hi to Victoria F. They do that dramatic run-in. And on the beach. that dog has no interest whatsoever in that pilot fuck. He bolts straight into the ocean. <laughs> straight into the ocean. <laughs> like, and he's out there deep. He's like trying to drown himself because of Peter. <laughs> he's like, this guy's a pussy. You better not m- fall in love with this guy. And, that, that dog got some real bad vibes. Oh yeah, that's, that dog bolted. Um, they spend the whole day in Virginia Beach. They go to this old like it's like like a bar. old time like an old time photo shoot. Oh, and they get the yeah. pictures taken. The old people like the old, like way old century clothes. Mm-hmm. Actually, kind of a funny gimmick. The pictures actually turned out pretty well. And then they go to like this kind of open like I don't want to call it, like an open bar, but it was just like an open festival, like a mini mini yeah. festival. There's like yeah, a band like playing. It's crazy. They actually looked happy for a time. I told you that. I'm like, they look happy. Now, why can't they just stay this way? Because, Colby, Peter runs into a special someone. At how this. can how convenient that Peter's ex of like, oh, like a decade or so ago happens to be at this festival, happens to have moved back to Virginia Beach two years ago, allegedly. <laughs> And she's just like to sum it all up, which was, and she was like, she had her face blocked out, like it was a criminal case. But yeah, she she pulled him aside, I think, right, and she yes, talked to him. And Apparently, this person knows or used to be friends with uh, Victoria F. And and uh, she basically says like she is a home wrecker. She destroys relationships. I just want what's best for you. I don't know, blah, 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 all that stuff. She basically just shits on victoria f the entire time and yeah and peter's just like well i have to i have to believe her it's a strange it's a person that told me something i just have to believe her (laughs) so that really is peter's gimmick but he's he's like oh my god i'm so confused that's just like his default state is confused yeah basically so peter gives her a hug and then we transition over to a Victoria F smiling face. She's so excited for Peter to meet her family. You, but you know what can't happen? You can't have either A, excitement, B, happy feelings, or C, 
good goodwill in the show. So not at all because Peter happens? drives up in the presidential bulletproof looking SUV. Yes, Chris Harrison is holding a gun to Peter's head and he's better have brought up what that girl said, or I swear <laughs> to God, I will blow your fucking brains out right oh now. My, oh my God. So that's what happens right on the doorstep, literally th- a step away from ringing yeah, the Pe- doorbell Pe- and formally leaving her family. Peter really does feel the need to, to do this now. Of all times, he feels like this is the most appropriate. And like, right for those who didn't they... watch it, I'm not kidding. You are literally one step away from ringing the doorbell. They and are on the side and meeting the, the family. They are literally on the steps a meter of away. Victoria F's home. <laughs> we are there. We made it. All you but Peter's like, you know what? No. Fucking thing. I have to bring this up right now. And that just breaks Victoria F. She's just like, what the fuck? I actually yeah. think I'm on her side here. Like, <laughs> now, yeah, I was about to say. Now, there was a lot of debate on the lobby floor about who was in the right here. I and saw I can everyone's where of... it was like Victoria F's crazy, and like it's kind of crazy to bring up the like, like you can't talk about that after. Like, I was about what? to say, you, there's literally a perfect opportunity to talk about that after you meet the family. <laughs> yeah, or maybe not bring it up at all if it went very well. Like, at least give it a chance. Like, Peter has this knack of just not like he cannot keep anything to himself he always no, has to like has go to immediately something. and tell somebody even when it's not even if, if it would probably be beneficial not to at least not in that moment so that's yeah. where i think kind of peter went wrong but then we get into the argument now and... victoria's whole gimmick in the show is of course just getting up and walking away from things in a oh did she in, ever <laughs> and did she ever and Peter brings that up. Like, they're actually getting a little heated. Like, Peter's getting really Peter, pissy. Peter, Peter kind of calls her, like, a quitter. And he's yeah. not wrong. Yeah, it's honestly not inaccurate. No, uh, like, there's no there's no definite right side in this one. Th- this one's just, they're both kind of hot messes. Yeah. And it's just Peter, kind of like the embers, of, the embers have ignited into a flame. For real. And it's, uh... It was just a very weird argument because... They're both kind of wrong in their own way. Mm-hmm. Peter more so for initiating this conversation in the first place, yeah, and Victoria, Victoria for Victoria kind F of could have, she could have handled it better, but she could I mean, have handled it better. And she still was, she like, got a bomb dropped on her. She was being very like in denial, very again dramatic about the whole thing. And so Victoria F walks away. Like, walks away from Peter. She tells the camera to get out of her face. Probably two minutes pass, and then she comes right back. Like a boomerang. She just, she's right back where she started. She's like, okay, I'm done pouting. Well, okay, I'm not done pouting, but I'm done pouting over there. I'm going to come pout over here now. Yeah, and then they're basically like, all right, we're both sides agree that they're not going to meet the family, and then Peter leaves. I thought it was just kind of like, I guess they did both kind of agree, but... I thought it was more so Peter just left. Yeah, I think so too. But it's kind then, of fucked up because then the family who is waiting out. inside comes out and they see just Victoria F crying there. And yeah, and that same gun that Chris was pointing at Peter's head is he's pointing at this poor cameraman who is stuck at Victoria F's house. He's like, keep rolling. Yeah, <laughs> the, the cameraman stays as the family like consoles her and they're like, you'll always have us. And it's actually a really sad moment. It's, it's but, genuinely sad. But, like, for the first time all season, you genuinely feel bad for Victoria. But the cameras keep rolling, boy. 
yeah, Chris had that game gunpoint. Like he was not letting anyone get in the way of that shot. And so Peter stays in some rundown hotel in Virginia Beach, and Victoria F happens to get the address, and and there also happens to be a camera in there. So how fucking convenient! But how, how convenient? Victoria pays Peter a visit in his hotel room. They sit down. They barely speak. I honestly yeah. don't remember what they talked about because Peter and they they were like speaking in freaking like rhymes. They were speaking in goddamn riddles out here. I had no idea what they were talking about. Yeah, basically, it was like. The Joker conversing with anybody, you're like, dude, what are you saying? Get to the point. It's like, no. a lot of snappy shit, like, if you want this, you gotta do this, and all that. Yeah, it was basically yeah. like, yeah, yada, yada, Saying yada. How, they, how, they both, how they both felt terrible about what happened the day before. And yeah, and then we told, I, then I was honestly the... surprised, knowing Peter, that she didn't get a rose right there. Yeah, so Peter's like, yeah, you'll make it to the rose ceremony, but I still don't know what I'm going to do with this. And then Victoria F., Gives, gives, him him, gives him a photo a, from a the photo. old time photo shoot, and that basically the sealed back. the deal. It says that on the back, the my favorite picture. Yeah, and it basically sealed the deal that um, Victoria F was going to make it to the next week. But rookies out there who was, was his first time watching, dude, everybody so. in the lobby was like, like I said, He's like definitely. I was about to say like Victoria is definitely making it. First of all, because literally the previews of the previous episode showed her in fantasy suites. Yeah, there's no sign of Kelsey at all in last week's preview. Yeah, so that was kind of like what sealed the deal for me, but everyone else is still in denial about it. But then the scene, well, that brings us to the rose ceremony, doesn't it? It does, which happens in, in to this be big in a big ass hangar. hangar. It's actually a really yeah. cool shot. I, I like it. It is. I like it. Was a giant plane. Peter hops out. No, he doesn't really. But no, he doesn't. Really. <laughs> he wishes he did. But so this and Victoria F openly admits, yeah, I'm probably going home. Like I'm but, probably done. We all know that when someone does that, they stick around for another. Peter comes strutting on that red carpet, and <laughs> he's he calls Hannah Ann Madison. You're like, okay, those two are locks, and then you're all, then you're probably like, okay, well, maybe Victoria F stays, but if if she stays, I'm not genuinely surprised, and that's what happened. Victoria F gets the final rose. Victoria F gets the final rose, and Chelsea's out of there. It hurt, but I knew it was happening. Yeah. Um. Like we said, if you were a genuinely good person, and Kelsey had has weathered a ton of storms. A ton of storms. And honestly, she has came out generally on the moral high ground in the end. Yes, and she could only not for her better. to be shot right down. Yes, again. only for only for her to be sent home in really sad fashion. And before we go to next week's preview, Madison, they have a little shot of Madison talking to him about how she's saving herself for marriage. And then Madison like, crit can I... noise. Peter, can I steal you for a second? Yeah, crit noise. And yeah, then the crest of Blade that comes up, and that's how it ends. <laughs> episode... You don't you don't see what happens. Next time on The Bachelor. We go to Fantasy Suites and we they're all living together, which is kind of fucked. <laughs> it's kind of awkward because they're it's pretty fucked because they're probably gonna get you know have the sex with have... Peter. <laughs> Okay, I was trying to be a little uh, subtle for our... Spit it out! <laughs> we have kids watching this show, damn it. If kids have made it to the two-hour mark of this <laughs> Yeah, we're sorry for the long episode. There's just... No, we're not. We love it. A... No. Okay, okay. It, it, it was pretty funny, but... Yeah, but... Anyway, there's a... Basically, it's just building up to a confrontation between Madison and Peter about, like, hey, she... she... She does give him an ultimatum. If you sleep with another woman, I'm outie. I, I'm out. 
And Victoria, being we Victoria, know, we all know he's sleeping with at oh, least at, at least two, two of the three. Oh yeah, easy. But honestly, just she's so pissed about this. Uh, not Madison. Uh, Victoria, Victoria F is pissed about this for some reason. She's not. She's pissed about a lot of things. She's pissed they're all living together. She's pissed that Madison's like like you can see in the shots. Like Madison is. She's had this like brave face on the entire season. She's finally starting to like. It's it's cracking a little bit. Yeah, cracking. But because now it's that not she's like, here, it's, she it's realizes it's not a fake face either. It's like yeah. genuine. But like she's it, cracking now. It feels like she realizes like what this next week implies. Yeah. So she has to like get it out. I don't understand why. Uh, Bre- breaking, so... breaking, breaking, what? breaking news. What? What? What is it? February twentieth at nine a.m. Eastern time, we're getting a twenty-five minute live streamed. Animal Crossing New Horizons Direct. What? Oh my god, hell yeah. Breaking, our, breaking. Can we, can we confirm this? Is this not this a, is this confirmed isn't a joke? via the Nintendo Airwaves. There the is Nintendo a verified checkmark. There we go. The 20th, that's, uh, that's Thursday. All right. Half, well, hour ago, half hour ago it was tweeted. Oh, yep, there it is. 6 a.m. Pacific time, 9 a.m. Eastern time. Okay. Will Isabel be there? Is the top comment. <laughs> <laughs> of course. All right. It is. Anyways, you may continue. Anyways, yes. So I just don't understand why Victoria is so pissed about this, because it really doesn't affect her. And if Peter does end up sleeping with her, then guess what? Madison goes home. Congratulations. You're that much closer to winning. Yeah, you get rewarded for having sex with the Bachelor in this case. Yeah, it's like have fun. You should be all on that. Yeah, I was about to say you seem to be able to pull Peter's heartstrings wherever you he and yes, echo it to Hannah Ann too. If Hannah Ann wants Madison up out of there, who is right now the leading horse in the race still, all you gotta do is sleep with him. That's it. You gotta gotta seduce him, and honestly, it's not not that hard. Just ask Hannah B. For God's sake, not hard at all. Put him in a windmill and he'll crack like an old window. Put him in a damn windmill. <laughs> yeah, basically, he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> uh, well, okay. <laughs> well, I know what this means, and boom, just cuts right out. Damn, but... So, All right, so yeah. I was back to recap, and to recap the recap, I have an article here by a very reliable source, um, Cosmopolitan. Oh, oh, no. So this was actually today, and the title was, How Much Money Does the Badger Get Paid to Be on the Show? Which I instantly just had to click on. <laughs> Yes, so they they don't necessarily the contestants don't get paid. So like Madison what? Hannah, they they don't get paid. No way. They're losing money to be that's, on the show. That's an absolute lie. That is I an absolute lie. It says former Bachelor contestant Jillian Harris said in a blog post that she remortgaged her house and spent something like eight thousand dollars on clothes for the show. I, I but, the, but, but the Bachelor, however, I cannot believe that. How much do you think the Bachelor's making off the show? Eight hundred thousand. Okay, not that much, but uh, okay, okay. I was, I thought I'd go big or go it, home. Here. It's north of a hundred thousand dollars. Oh, okay. For like four for like four months. I mean, he is the face of the entire show for that season. Yeah, that's true. Um, it, that the salary de- the salary depends on the guy though, because. One of the bachelors oh, only shit. made one, only, one of the bachelors only made seventy five thousand off his season. Like, I wonder, I wonder how much Colton will make. Not Colton. Uh, 
Peter Cole probably made north of a hundred thousand dollars. But yeah, dude, what the hell? Like uh, that's a year worth of a salary for four months of work. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, I'm honest. I am genuinely surprised that the contestants get nothing. I absolutely. Once the Bachelor ends, there are a million ways to leverage the show to make more money. Hannah Brown leveraged the show into making her go on Dancing with the Stars, which you get $125,000 just for signing up. Mm, and she yeah. made an extra $345,000 winning. Fuck. Oh, my God. All right. Well, I guess they're essentially being paid an exposure, which is honestly, for any of the practical people, do not accept those terms. They are very bad. Get this. If you have a televised wedding, they pay you even more. Um, televised weddings make six figures just to walk down the fucking aisle, say I Jesus. do, and kiss. Oh my god. And if you go on Paradise, you get you get anywhere from 7000 to 15000 to be on Paradise. Where are they finding this money? It's coming out of nowhere. <laughs> so here's my line of thinking. Okay. I go on The Bachelorette. Okay. I lose. <laughs> I, go to, I go to Paradise, catch a quick bag... <laughs> and then they go on The Bachelor. <laughs> or, if the, or, or, or if I don't make it straight on The Bachelor, I purposely eliminate myself from Paradise and keep catching that bag until I get the big bag. <laughs> oh my god. What a I'm scheme. Gonna, I am going to finesse the system. <laughs> a, a true Claude follower. Oh my god, yeah. I'm gonna finesse the fuck out of the Bachelor TV show. Oh, ABC's gonna have, ABC's gonna be paying for everything. Well, oh, damn. I was not expecting to hear that master I'm plan. I'm gonna catch a quick bag from the Paradise, <laughs> take a year off, catch another bag, <laughs> and then maybe I go on Bachelor, maybe not, but maybe I gotta like solidify my mark because the one guy on Paradise is last season. It was like his fifth time on the fucking show, so Holy shit. it's like not uncommon. So maybe I can get a third bag, really make my stamp, low. maybe stamp my approval on this third bag real quick. And if not, I happily walk away. I'm like at least thirty thousand dollars richer. So I will, I will be behind you all the way, my friend. That is yeah, oh something that needs to come to fruition. I agree. Well, uh, do you have anything else? Um, I just right before we started recording this i just hatched a shiny uh darumaka in the pokemon sword and shield oh my god you still play that game bro pokemon home has made it very easy to get rid of a full box of pokemon at once so Uh, i'm currently shiny hunting i just pulled out my game drawer and i wiped off some dust and i saw shield a sword (laughs) (laughs) poor poor zacian I mean, actually, not poor Zacian. He's yeah, I have him. He, he's he's great out here, man. We're we're taking down raids left and right. Well, I fucking bet you are. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's everything I have. Math sucks. Kids don't take it. I, I'm not sure if they can avoid it. Finesse the system. I just taught you how to finesse the bachelor system. Finesse the school system. Oh my god. Anyway, that's do you all have I any got. Other articles or oh. oh, that's all you got. Um, no, I beat the bat. I, I beat the. I beat the field bachelor. of the eagle and the lion with um the ash and wolf characters. So that was neat. Oh, of course. Yeah, I just beat the Gautier inheritance. I am a little. Oh, behind. um, chapter after chapter seven, you can do the paralog for Yuri's relic. For Yuri's, Baltus is you can. 
Balthus is a chapter before you get Yuri's, but Yuri's is actually pretty neat. I like that one. I was about to say, Yuri's is very, uh, very helpful. I've also been using the Chalice of Beginnings on the Professor. And Is it broken? Like, it says you can counterattack from anywhere? <laughs> yes. So, I I'm wondering if... I haven't used it yet, though. I'm wondering if that uh, would apply to, like, you know, the final Aelgard... Spoilers. The final Aelgard fight in uh, Blue Lions, right? Where she can, like, hit you from anywhere on the map. Yeah, like, does Dimitri get to throw his fucking relic, like... <laughs> well, what happens, what happens is that I use this during the... During the Sword of the Creator mission. Uh, when you attack... When someone attacks you who's out of your range, you raise your... At least when I was using the Professor, he raised his sword in the air and just a lightning bolt came down and just killed this mage. Because <laughs> I'm thinking, like, that'd be hilarious. Like, in the final Blue Lines battle, Dimitri just fucking yeets Arya bar from like <laughs> cross palace and he just catches it on the return like a boomerang that would be really badass oh but that'd be hilarious but yeah the, it just seems like a, a bolt like he just holds the sword up in the air a lightning bolt shoots out and then just crashes down on this poor soul but that's how i've been using it so far it's pretty cool it's pretty fun but uh yeah. besides that that is everything i got that's everything I have, too. All right. Well, thank you guys right. so much for sticking around if you made it this far. We really do appreciate you guys. We uh, do. And... We have just passed 1.2 thousand uh, total plays, I believe, last time Break I checked. Roof, bitches. We partying tonight. Thank you guys <laughs> so much for all your continued support. Uh, if you do like the podcast or if you have any suggestions for any improvements you can leave a rating on apple on our apple podcast page or you can hit one of us up on twitter which i mean we already plugged but at tyler yeah. samsel for me at colby moyer for you and at switch up pod for the official uh switch it up twitter and, and follow uh, that twitter to get the latest notifications on the astral chain giveaway by the yes. time this episode's out there will be more information about it so that is correct astral chain giveaway you got that to look forward to meme dream team we'll update you on when we're doing that on Twitter, which you can then go vote on Instagram, uh, at yeah, T-Samsel next- for me, and, or sorry, at T-Samsel 11 for me, and at uh, Colby underscore Moyer for you. And, and next episode, Animal Crossing. We'll have some more news. Exciting. Um, probably great. just a tad more Fire Emblem. We'll get some more experiences and whatever the hell else comes. So, yep, thank see you so much. <laughs> oh, okay, bye. <laughs>